Welcome, my friends. I, I love that intro. Radio program. Uh, this is Smoking and Toasting, and uh, welcome to show number one. Zero. Show number 120. Uh, we are live on the Book of Faces. We are uh, also available, uh, as many of you know, on YouTube. And we are available on uh, all of the regular podcast places that you might go for podcasts. So you're thinking, you know, TuneIn, you're thinking SoundCloud, you're thinking iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Yep, yeah, yep, all Google Play. Google Play. All those places you can find us. You know, and I, I use Google Play and it makes it so easy. It just has a podcast section yep. and it's, it's your podcast, whatever you sign up for. It's awesome. And you know what else we do, my friend, is that we now have smokingandtoasting.com where we uh, also post the latest episodes uh, of the show. So you can go there, find everything kind of in one convenient place, and there's going to be a lot going on at smokingandtoasting.com this year. We we kind of resisted the idea of doing a website because everybody was like so focused on social media and stuff. And uh, just the longer we went, the more sense that it made to start doing the website. Now, coming up, you're going to be able to go to the website, enter your email, which will put you on our list. We promise not to inundate you with a bunch of spam and stuff, and we won't sell your info to anybody. But if you enter your email and join our email club, and this is coming in the next month or so, uh, you're going to be able to be in the running for the very first ever Smoking and Toasting Deluxe Cigar Ashtray. Ooh. So we're going to give some of those away, and you'll have to be a member of the uh, email club, the smoking and toasting, uh, the smokers and toasters, I guess is what they'll be called. And the smoking and toasters, I yeah, love the smoke, it. The, the smokers and toasters, uh, or something like that. We'll we'll figure it out. Anyway, that's going to be fun. Today's show, by the way, uh, brought to you as always by our friends at B and B Butchers and Restaurant at eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Uh, bacon, bacon, bacon. We'll talk more about that uh, mm, coming up. Bacon today show we're going to go over the top cigars of 2018 what's interesting Ian is I've been collecting all these articles because Cigar Aficionado's got top cigars of the year Cigar Insider's got top cigars of the year Cigar Journal's got tops of the year Rob Report's got tops of the year and then you and I have each done a short list of our favorite cigars of this year yes I just compiled my top like 14 well it's only supposed to be three oh maybe I could probably (laughs) tear it down to three I like cigars, though. It's tough, though, going through. You go, oh, man, am I going to leave that one out? Right, you know? right. So, uh, so all that means is that it was a good year for cigars. I suppose we could have done a longer list. I just thought... No, no, know, I, some, think, I think you're right. I'm just joking are, about the 14. Some of these are like 25 cigars long. Right. And uh, and so I thought, well, well, we'll just do you know short ones. We can so. always do top 10 on those, too. I suppose we could, yeah. yeah. And and some of the top 10, some of the, some of the top cigars are really interesting. And it's always interesting to me, and we'll notice this as we go through through the list, but it's always interesting to me to see what cigars show up on multiple lists, because right, those are the right. ones where you kind of go, okay, something really, really going on. Plus, Vine Pair, uh, which is a really cool website, has named 2018's 50 Best Beers, so we will try to go uh, through that. Whiskey Advocates Top 20 Whiskeys of 2018 have been announced. We'll, we'll so try we just to go got lists that. upon lists yes. today. And then what to expect for whiskey in 2019 a sort of uh, now we've been looking back a lot we'll right be, right we'll now we're gonna project ahead a little we'll bit project ahead nice. a little bit and see what's coming up so it's going to be good we're going <coughs> to taste all kinds of wonderful things and i'm you know just really looking forward I, to the show today. i can this tell you one thing to expect <coughs> about whiskey in 2019 is yeah. i'm going to drink some you know i i believe that that may be covered in this report nice i, I believe you may be mentioned <laughs> by name because of your imp- because <laughs> of your importance to the whiskey buying and <laughs> 
and sampling uh, uh, public. So, uh, so uh, you know, I, I just wanted to mention, uh, by the way, uh, before we get too far into the show, and and we do this from time to time on the show. I wanna I wanna sort of open up with a toast, and we want to toast a gentleman that we have mentioned before on this show with great reverence, uh, and he has finally passed away. At the age of 112, Richard Arvin Overton, who was, up until his passing this last week, the oldest man in the United States, who smoked several cigars a day and drank whiskey every day and credited his long life to just that. Cigars and whiskey. Cigars and whiskey and making it to 112. Cheers. If I make it to 12, I'll be happy. If I made it to 112, that's a... Well, you can Richard say this. Overton to you, sir. He was still living it. He was. He, he was still enjoying it. And, you know, he talked about the fact that, you know, smoke cigars did not inhale them. You know, he, he talked about that. A lot of people ask him, how can you smoke cigars in 120? It's like, it's well, you got to imagine, too, that uh, a few cigars a day and maybe a couple whiskeys, not a lot of stress going on in that situation. Well, and this is the thing that I keep trying to come back to that everybody misses that wants to be critical of cigars as, uh, uh, you know, from a health standpoint. And certainly, cigars are not without certain health risks. We know this. It's a fact. It's not. It's something big boys choose to do or choose not to do. But cigars, and by the way, Mike Ditka, I don't know if you heard about this, uh, he apparently had uh, some major heart issues this last year. Did not know. And says that he has now given up cigars unless the Chicago Bears, for whom he used to coach, Win the Super Bowl, in which case he will have a victory cigar. Right. So, but unless that happens, Ditka says, "Yeah, he's somebody he's made a uh, Mike Ditka series cigar." <laughs> yes, absolutely. Camacho? I've actually had one. It's not bad. Not yeah, bad at all. Right, right. But but the thing that people leave out when they're talking about the health issues that cigars may have is the health benefits that cigars have. And I can tell you this: smoking a great cigar in the right environment at the right time. Will definitely lower your blood pressure. I've actually <laughs> agreed. I've actually taken my blood pressure <clears throat> to prove this. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's absolutely it, for me at least. It absolutely worked. But no, the the chill and and well being that you get, and I can only imagine that Mister uh, Overton uh, experienced this. Um, the chill and well being that you get out of really relaxing and smoking a cigar, and and maybe pairing it up with a nice whiskey. You can't beat it. And you have one of my favorite sayings of all time, and that is that you can't hurry up and smoke a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I also like what your shirt today says, which says, uh, <laughs> that's what I do. I smoke cigars and I know things. That is a great shirt. Yeah, that's I got that from a friend of mine, actually. <laughs> Did you? So, yeah, it was a, little, a gift. A Christmas gift? Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you, by the yeah, way. You're <laughs> that's Thank awesome. You. Thank by you the, for the mezcal. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> like... Kind of a strange present, but I love it. Was the uh, uh, the Guinness pajama pants? No, I I cannot take credit for that. This was my <laughs> wife's idea. She found them online. She goes, "Oh, we're so getting this for Ian for Christmas." Oh. I'm like I'm like, okay, done, do it. You know yeah. what's hilarious? I can't tell you how many times I've been shopping over the last couple mm-hmm. months where I'm like, man, I just need something to you know I can wear as a throwdown when I'm hanging around the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you have now I have Guinness it. pajama pants. Guinness pajama pants. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> 
And and we know how much your wife loves Guinness, so for you to have them emblazoned upon your behind is probably not a terrible thing. That's night. right. That's right. Yeah. So, Well, uh, it's been quite a week. It's been the holidays. Uh, I've had a chance to smoke a few very interesting cigars, but you know what I, what I really like to do about this point in every show, Ian, is ask if you have smoked anything interesting lately. Well... It's yeah. funny you should ask because I actually have. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so much fun to ask, and you you seldom disappoint. I will say. <laughs> I so this week uh, I sat down. Uh, actually, last night I sat out on my cold patio, and that was okay. Mm-hmm. I uh, I have an Alec Bradley Black Market Esteli, mm. and um, it was a short cigar. It was actually a pretty good little cigar. Um, it was uh, fifty two by um, six by fifty two. Mm-hmm. It was a size, so it's a Toro. <clears throat> this is a. Uh, um, Nicaraguan wrapper, Nicaraguan Honduras fillers, um, or binder, and then uh, Nicaragua fillers. Um, overall, just really. Well, hold on a second. What's happening? Sorry, something happened. You see, this. You I'll, I'll tell you what happens. This is what happens when you extend an open invitation. This is, this is called getting pod crashed. Yeah, pod crashed. Pod yes. crashed. <laughs> this is what. Ian, why don't you? Because uh, apparently he's not only come, but he's come I'll, armed. I'll scoot and ready. over. Why don't you scoot over? It's a Christmas miracle. Wow, wow. You know, you'll shoot your eye out with this Oops. stuff. Uh, no, uh, ladies and gentlemen, from. <laughs> From his own show, Whiskey Neat, and from the Houston Bourbon Society, and the um, the amazing event that happens every year, the Houston Whiskey Social. Well, we could definitely talk a little bit about that. Our good friend, Mr. Chris Hart. How are you, sir? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Now, I will tell you, Ian and I have talked about this, you know, off mic. We have been expecting you. In fact, we were actually expecting you the last time Alan Denny was on the show as he was uh, you know moving I guess past you in number of appearances on the show. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. uh, That's bullshit. I want to recount. We were expecting (laughs) you to crash the show and then found out you were uh, apparently in uh, in uh, Kentucky, Kentucky yeah. picking, picking a barrel, huh? Uh, we picked eight barrels, actually. Oh, eight nice. barrels. Wow. So, so we, you have to tell us about that. Welcome to the show. How was your I, holidays? Dude, it, it always feels like home when I come here, man. I, it, it's so I, comfy, and I brought I brought plenty of comfy drinks. Well, this is, you know, th- that is one of the rules of crashing the show, by the way. Absolutely. You can crash the show anytime, but don't come empty-handed. Well, it's easier to, this could have gone to one of two ways. Either you guys are going to be happy I was here or not happy, and if, <laughs> I, if I have drinks, then I might as well. Well, see, now you're not the guy that crashed the show. You're the guy that showed up with a bunch of drinks. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. And, <laughs> right. And you want to be that guy. Absolutely. You do. We, we, so how was your holiday? Was it good? It was good. It's just it's just, it's been a, a busy couple of it's been a busy month. So I, I really I, you know, we had talked briefly uh before I went to Kentucky, I think, about crashing the show and coming to see you guys and mm-hmm. it just didn't work out because am I being too loud? Turn me down. No, your your gain is a little high. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we just have just, just the gain is actually Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I uh we Went to Kentucky. We picked out eight barrels of whiskey, uh, and, and well, actually, uh, mm. six barrels of whiskey and two barrels of, of brandy. So nice. Uh, and then right after that, we had Christmas, and uh, we're working on. Uh, actually, I'm really excited to tell you guys something because we finalized something yesterday at our at our Stogies in town. Uh, we we definitely finalized our blend after about a year and a half. We've been trying to get a cigar together. 
And it's a post Houston, about that. Houston Bourbon Society uh, cigar? This will be a whiskey social thing. <laughs> I, okay. I came up with a name a long time ago that I've always loved. You know, my Whiskey Pete character, the mm-hmm. little cartoon guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casa de Pedro. Casa is, de Pedro, uh, is a, yes. I think it's a great name. So, Are we, you going to be able to have a band with the little uh, so, guy on there? So we, we were very picky. We, we rejected a bunch of stuff from a lot of great producers. We just they just they It just wasn't right. And uh, even our great, great friend, Alan Denny and, and Mortal Enemy, he... <laughs> He he produced some he's samples. A, he's a friend of me. Friend and arch nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he got us some samples of some some great. And you know everything going on with the FDA right now, so we had to be real mm-hmm. careful about mm-hmm. trying to get a cigar going. And uh, we we've at least for now and, and the social's three months away. We wanted to debut a cigar for the event at the social. Uh, at the social, and uh, we we just couldn't get everything lined up. We weren't <coughs> happy with anything. And last night, our good friend Jorge over at Stogies. Uh, Presented a an, an incredible micro batch blend from Room 101, nice. and it's not it's not a house blend. It's not available anywhere else in the U.S. I mean, it's it's not going to be something that they just slapped our name on. It'll be for us, and it, the first batch will be in ten ten stick packs mm-hmm. uh, with the label on the pack. Oh, uh, cool. we we need more time to come up with a really really with great natural label. Band. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, in the meantime, uh, it's it's incredible, and it'll be a, it'll be a short run, a relatively short run for cigars. Less than two thousand sticks should be uh, is very short. Now, for, will you be selling them at the social? Yeah, is that, is that the plan? We're kind of flirting with the idea of doing a, a obviously getting you guys a couple of samples in here. I want to get some opinions. That would be fun. Uh, but what we're going to do is, I think we're going to, you know, I like to, I, lo- I love Houston Bourbon Society, and I love to show them a little love. So what we'll do is we might open a little forty-eight hour window before the event to get a small, like maybe fifty ten packs released to the nice. to the group, and let them get get theirs first to show a little love for their support throughout the years. And so then, what will the other guys uh, get? What other guys? Oh, that's right. When yeah. you release the fifty ten packs, and <laughs> I get guys. those, yeah, yeah. What, what will the other guys get? <laughs> they'll, they'll get added to a wait list. But the then we'll have it at the whiskey social itself, and whatever's left, we'll, we'll put out there. But you know, if anyone knows Room One Hundred and One, they've got a little bit of a cult following. And Matt Booth is Matt, back at mm-hmm. Room One Hundred and One. Matt Booth. We were talking about him last week. Matt Booth is back, and he has a bit of a. Uh, he's got fanboys, yes. and when they find out that he is releasing a. A small batch blend, a micro batch blend. It's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a big deal. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited. And, it, and if it goes well and it's well received, uh, it's medium to full bodied. It's got uh, a perfect draw on it. I was very, very happy with it. The burn was great, which I actually bought a cigar. Have you done the cigar segment yet? No. Well, I was just Ian starting was just it actually. Starting, yes. when you I, I bought a cigar based off what you reviewed last week, uh-huh. the, the Avo. Oh, the Avo Synchro. Yes. And yeah. I wanted to talk to you about it because I had my own. Experience now. It's not going to be as in depth as well, your review. Well, why don't review. you why don't you start off the cigar segment then? We'll let it, we'll let it happen that way. How does that sound? So uh, perfect. I so your cigar. Did yours come in a tin? No. Okay, so mine came in a little box press tin. Uh huh. Um, and, Which and, is cool, by the way. Uh, yes. I, don't get me wrong. It, it's it's great and it's perfect for travel. I mean, everyone. I don't know if you've ever bought accessories for cigars, but mm. we've all bought the single leather. Yes. So it carries one stick. I mean, right. you buy it in a tin, it's already there, right? right. So you don't need a tin. <laughs> But uh, I, I like to take those and put them in my <clears> wife's <throat> purse. That's what that way I've always yes. got a cigar. Sure, yes. I, even if I wasn't expecting I actually, to have an opportunity. It's to like smoke. when you hide money in a pocket. Always, and find yes. it. <laughs> I always have a I always have a, a nub Maduro like that, just because mm, it's nice, short, it's nice. small, it's a good long uh, long mm-hmm, smoking mm-hmm. cigar. So I, I bought it off your recommendation, uh-huh. and I'll tell you that uh, like a nose on a fine whiskey or rum, 
uh, a great draw on a cigar gives me one hell of a great start to, to the mm -hmm. experience. So mm -hmm. if it's got a great draw, firm construction, uh, it's hard not to automatically just love every bit of it. Then right. it comes down to everything else that goes with it, taste and burn. And uh, I've, in my experience, my one criticism of the stick um, at the price point, you gave it a 5.5. I did, uh, and my... Uh my um, draw notes on here were uh, that it was effortless, and I use a punch. Yep, yep. So. I so I used a punch as well. The draw on it was was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. My only criticism, and it was enough for me to not quite rate it as worth a dollar, um, is that it burned wildly unevenly, and I think it has to do with the box press. Now that being box, said, it is difficult to get a box press more difficult right. to get a box press cigar to burn evenly. That's true. Now mine was box pressed, but it didn't come in the tin. Right, and I didn't have any burn issues. I don't have a single note on burn sure. issues on here. Well, yeah. and, and it may just be in, the, in that case, it could be a consistency thing, yeah, right? Maybe. So yep. that's another mark against it. But it, it was a great stick, and I loved it, and, and the experience overall was fantastic. Uh, but I kept having to, to to straighten it out because it got to the point where one's whole side of it would was was oh, basically it was running, like, it was yeah. doing making a canoe. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's mm -hmm. weird. So um, that's my only criticism of it. And for a ten dollars stick, I expect a, a, a great burn. I expect no, you, a great burn. When you're paying ten ten dollars for a cigar, this you're is why this is why I think guys like uh, like Half Wheel they do when they do a, a cigar review, like an official cigar review, they always do three cigars. Right. You know, because you can sometimes get that. Now, I've had two different sizes of that Avo Synchro now, and I enjoyed both of them and hadn't had any burn issues with either one. But I'm interested because I think I'll go back and, and just randomly buy one more and see what happens. Well, I'm going to give a, a shout-out uh, to uh, Cigar of the Year, E.P. Carrillo. Oh, yeah, nice. We saw that coming. Everyone well, saw that coming. We, we've been, <laughs> I've been talking about them since – I remember sitting in this chair the last time I was – maybe two times ago in the studio and telling you that they have come so far and are killing it. And I hate yes, to, and, and Alan Denny's killing it right now too, man. He's, he's, he's living on cloud nine and the man's untouchable. But the, even though the encore is box press, I didn't have the burn issues. Yeah. Well, yes. And that's absolutely right. Now, um, the EP Carrillo did make, um, Cigar Aficionado's list. We're going to be going over all those lists on today's show, taking a look at all the big 2018 lists sure. and talking about what uh, what came out. And Ian and I have done our own short lists of, uh, of cigars that are uh, our personal faves for the year. So this should be uh, interesting as well. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. Uh, just out of curiosity, Chris, I, I see a, a, a single barrel something here. I see a rum of some sort. Mm -hmm. and then I bought six beers. Six beers. All right. We're going to have to do some serious drinking. We're going to get started in the next segment. Plus, I want to get back to your cigar review. I want to tell you what I smoked this week. So we got a lot to do. Let's take a quick break and return with our uh, wonderful special our guest. Pod crash our guest. pod crash guest, uh, Christopher Hart. <laughs> and I also want to talk about uh, the Whiskey Social. Yes. It's, yeah. it's a whole different it's three time months away. Yeah. yeah, It's coming up. Can't wait. So this is very exciting. So we will be right back with segment number two of show number, can you believe this, Chris, 120. It's fine. You've by. crashed the 120th show. It's smoking and toasting. We'll be right back. Nice. Well, I did put a show beer, um, an extra show beer, up just in case. Just in case you need to take a show beer. 
Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. We are so glad to have you guys uh, uh, listening to the show, watching the show. We are on uh, all you know all of the social media platforms, and and we're happy to be there. And we are thrilled to be brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant at eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. I'm going to tell you something. I uh, over the holidays went to a steakhouse, which will remain nameless, but a top you know top known you know big flight steakhouse. And it made me wish I'd gone to B and B instead. Oh no! Just, just saying. Oh, no. I'm just. Saying. I was wondering why you were not so, saying the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm. I, it wasn't about bashing them. The steak was fine. I mean, the steak was good. But uh, as I was eating it, I thought, what? Why didn't I just go to B and B? Like, you, you know, it, it was buyer's buyer's remorse. I guess. Sure. Uh, but but it happens. Uh, welcome back to the show. We're uh, going to be talking top cigars of 2018. Uh, Chris Hart has uh, has crashed the show, and we are thrilled to have him because he brought great gifts, uh, including uh, lots of beer. And we're going to get to that in a second. Ian, I wanted to go back to your cigar review. I don't think you even told me what you smoked. Uh, uh, before, actually, I did we mention were, before, before we were pod crashed. Before we were pod crashed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so we're so uh, no, I started talking about I had. An Alec Bradley uh, right. black, black Market, market. Yes. Esteli, yeah. mm-hmm. um, Nicaraguan Cigar, uh, Nicaraguan wrap, Wrapper, Nicaraguan Honduras Binder, <clears throat> Nicaraguan Filler. Uh, 6 by 52 was the size. Right, it's a kind of a Toro, yeah. Um, about $8.50 is the is okay. price point on this. Uh, the appearance, dark brown kind of chocolate. Uh, mm-hmm. Looking smooth wrapper, really nice looking uh, cigar. It had a. Uh, it actually had. It was funny because uh, it had one of the long wrappers that covers the you know most of the mm-hmm. cigar. Mm-hmm. And so when I pulled that off, I realized it had a second wrapper <laughs> underneath it. Uh, there should be some pictures of that going on up here. Yeah. Uh, there was a second wrapper underneath it that was like your traditional band. Right. Uh, it was great looking cigar. Like this thing is just gorgeous. Uh, my pre light sniff was traditional tobacco, leather, a little bitter kind of chocolate and coffee. Mm, I like um, it. I used a punch. I generally, you know, start off with a punch because it's attached to my lighter, and that's the easiest thing to do. Uh, the slightly tight uh, draw on it, but not not too tight. Like still within the in the realm mm-hmm. of being nice, but slightly tight. Uh, definitely notes of leather and wood, chocolate, sweet spice kind of uh, things going on there. The initial light on this cigar was spicy, sweet, um, uh, a bit of pepper. Right in the back of the palate, uh, leather, nutty, wood, earth kind of flavors going on. It was, it was really kind of nice right off the bat. Yeah. Not harsh, but a little spicier uh, mm-hmm. right off the top because the uh, spice settled down just a little bit in the first third um, where I had more of the spice and pepper. Uh, the pepper kind of developed into more of an actual pepper flavor than just a spicy flavor. Uh, still more sweetness coming through, nutty coffee flavors coming through more. Definitely a solid medium strength at this point. Um, uh, let's see, the second third of this, the pepper backed off. The pepper backed off, in, um, not entirely, but a bit. Uh, more chocolate and earthiness in there. It was, it was, this was kind of a nice ride. I, I like how yeah. it did, you know, developed. Of, yeah. um, uh, definitely some leather, some sweet undertones, and still some woody flavors. The last third of this cigar, more of the same, uh, and I smoked it down until until I couldn't smoke it anymore. Oh, nice. And, uh, and it smoked. The burn was perfect. The draw stayed consistent the entire time. So while it wasn't the easiest draw, it was consistent the entire time. The burn was perfect. It wasn't no complaints. It about wasn't that. tough enough that it made you not enjoy the cigar. No, no, it really wasn't tough. It was just a little bit of tight, uh, <coughs> yeah. a little bit of tightness. Um, I understand. So definitely well within what I'd say a good cigar draw would be, just on the tighter side of it. I give this cigar easily at eight and a half dollars. I easily give it a, a, fi- a solid five because mm-hmm. no issues. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. It was a nice ride. Not the most complex cigar I had, but great flavors going on. 
and uh, and definitely worth it. You know, eight to nine is about my sweet spot. It's a good sweet for spot for cigars yeah. in terms of 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 the price you pay because I feel like if if you've you know smoked enough that are in that price area you can kind of get through to the ones that smoke more like 10 12 dollar cigars yeah, sure. at 8 and 9 and, and that's that's just a wonderful thing those are you the know? golden finds though you know like <clears throat> that's really that's where you that's where you want to live on those they really are i uh i had an interesting one uh, myself uh, this week and i uh, also gave adam some photos of this that he can post it's uh, h upman's the banker uh, they call the robusto size currency and uh, apparently, uh, the reason it's called the banker has to do with some story about um, there was a particular blend of cigars. There, there was a, a fire at some point. This one blend was saved in the vault. I don't know. It, it, it's uh, one of those stories that you read and you kind of wonder if it's even true. Ah. But uh, uh, but anyway, but it's a good story. Anyway. It's a good story right, anyway. Right. Exactly. So uh, so the banker comes with a really nice presentation. It has a paper wrapper around a really pretty cigar. Once you get it out of the wrapper, uh, it's Ecuadorian Haba- uh, Habano wrapper uh, and the uh, Nicaraguan binder and then Nicaraguan and Dominican fillers. Once you get all that stuff off of it and light it up, it's a really nice uh, pre-light, a uh, slight sort of weed aroma actually before you light it a little bit of grassiness okay yeah what is that not good i thought you said wheat wheat and then i okay you did yeah. say wheat so a sort thought of a wheat it, a weedy and grass i said wheat and then and then i was like no he said weed and then <laughs> no, and then no. i realized <laughs> it no, wasn't, no. wasn't wheat although i have had cigars before that did <laughs> have a little give bit of, off that, a little right, of right, that right, yeah i've had a yeah. the mm-hmm. beer you're about to taste gives off a very dank okay uh, all right uh, so i hear uh dank is a word that we have used that that would be probably our official word of of 2018 for the you, show you guys use it a lot dank we yeah. use it a lot you know in uh in the yeah. 90s when i was when I, one of my bands was playing around the circuit we used to play with a band called the dank they were from galveston the dank. were they gonna good the dank they were actually pretty good yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> uh this, called uh, the dank. L- uh, this cigar uh was uh had a bit of a wheat aroma uh and a little bit of grassiness on the on the pre-light once i lit it up it lit beautifully uh the wheat sort of uh, uh stayed around but it they add, it added like some very wood um you know toasted wood kind of notes which were really pleasant uh it burned a little unevenly in the second third and I, there's a photo of that i don't know uh, what's up right at this moment? But uh, you can see it started to canoe, just yep. like what you were uh, what you were talking sure. about in the avo. What I will go ahead and say about this one is, I shaped it up. I got the lighter out, shaped it up, and then once I did, it smoked perfectly the rest of the way. So when that happens, it's always kind of a bummer. But when you can correct it with one, you know, sure. a little correction is not a problem. One strike of the torch, high maintenance uh, is a yeah, uh, yeah. and and it doesn't keep doing it. Then I'm I'm usually not too upset about it. Um, overall, it was very nice. It was medium to full bodied. It's a six to seven dollar cigar. I'm going to give it price to quality. Despite the canoeing, I really enjoyed the pepper notes. I'm going to give it a five. I might have rated it a little bit higher, but you're not a fan of the pepper. It's still oh, I like the pepper actually. That's that's kind of what kept me going on it i like the pepper more than ian does i think um i might have rated it higher but it's still not the best h upman in their line that would be the h upman by aj fernandez Mm. which is my sort of go-to cigar for uh 2018 i like pretty much everything aj does and that's one that seems to be priced a little more um you know like a dollar or two less and so it, it kind of became my go-to i bought a lot of those cigars yeah <laughs> in in 2018 and shared more than a few of them with you i believe uh so <clears throat> so good year for cigars we're going to get to some of that plus i don't know if we're going to have time to get to this chris but i'd really love to do this while you're here 
uh, how not to be a jerk on a distillery tour. Okay, I thought you might enjoy. Uh, I thought you might enjoy uh, chiming in on that. Uh, but let's let's talk beer here. Sure. Now on on your show, Chris. Although when I was a guest, we did sample some beers, but you primarily are you're primarily focused on on the brown spirits. Yeah, basic well liquor really. I mean, yeah. we, the first episode we did had cognac and rum on it. Uh, we've done a gin episode. It's mm-hmm. mostly it's mostly distilled spirits. But we've we've had a, a we did a beer episode. We've had other beers on. Um, I actually the episode that airs tomorrow is is mostly rum related to Bacardi, oh, and see, uh, that'll be one of my faves. It was actually a fun episode. I really, you know, all brands aside, I, I wanted to get um, Dwayne Fernandez on, mm-hmm. who's a local guy, all personality. <laughs> the, the dude, I'm fascinated with the guy. He's just he's something magnetic about him. And, and uh, so, anyways, I was had planned to bring beer on the episode. And ended up deciding to save it to ruin your guys' morning. So. Uh, well, <laughs> so, thank you for yeah. that. What are, what are you beginning the ruination with here? Cheers. So this yeah. is New Tane. This is, uh, you know, I know how much we love craft beer. Sigma yes. is locally, mm-hmm. independently mm-hmm. owned, local brewery, and I don't think they're talked about enough. Uh, no, they really don't get as much as much attention as, as they should. Are are there beers available in stores, or do you have to go to the brewery to get them? That's a good question. Uh, these were picked up at the brewery themselves. Newtane and and uh, this other one I brought in uh, Spirit Journey. Well, Newtane is just one. Now I've seen them on tap before. Like uh, oh, yeah? New Potato has usually at least one or two of theirs on tap. Mm-hmm. And I've been to the brewery a couple times. Now, it's the, actually a nice little uh, the, spot. Is the Newtane? This is a seasonal, right? I mean, they. This isn't the same Newtane that I've had before. You know, I'm not sure. Uh, I was lucky enough to have a, a good friend of mine, uh, Jesus Garza, uh, bring go, go to the distillery for or the brewery for me and pick these up. So, well, this is this is it's not the can I remember. I can I can say that sure. it's a different can, but uh, that may not mean it. It tastes much like I remember, and it is as orange juicy an IPA as you could as you could pine needles. I get a lot want. of pine yeah. in it. Yeah, I, but I I just still pick up almost like a. Almost like a squeezed orange. Like, you know the difference when you're having a glass of champagne, and then you pour that splash of orange juice in it and go sure. mimosa. It that's almost what this tastes like. Like you were having an IPA, <laughs> and somebody dashed some orange juice in it for you, which probably wouldn't be very good. But I here, get, here I works. get a little bit on the very aftertaste of bitter lime too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like right next to the like right next to the peel. I I really have not been as critical as some of the whole hazy juicy ipa sure. movement there have been some people that were really really not calling into the it whole hipster thing yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. making it yeah making it too much of a hipster thing but i've just really enjoyed some of the brews and i this actually really like them this one's as, as good as just about anything the, the, uh, there's two there's two beers i'm into right now more than anything and that's really barrel aged stouts mm-hmm. or some porters uh, or I, I just love a good hazy IPA. There's something about it that uh, screams breakfast beer. Now, I don't know, <laughs> with you bringing six beers, I don't know if we'll get to this or not, but you mentioned the um, uh, you were mentioning stouts. Uh, I have brought along from Heathen Brewing a Mega Mint Imperial Chocolate Milk mm, Stout. I've never heard of it. Which looks delicious. Uh, these guys are from Vancouver, Washington. So I love uh, the mint colored wax on the top. Yeah. Of that. Yes, yes, isn't that awesome? It almost <clears throat> looks edible. The uh, the mint colored wax. So well, some I, of that's going to go into the beer. You know that. right? I don't know if we're going to get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay uh, with it. Yeah, that's inevitable. Uh, uh, but I don't know if we're going to get to that today or not, uh, uh, given that we have uh, a number of beers. But I will say I'm a fan. Oh yeah. Of the Sigma uh, Hazy Dib. Uh, 
Nudetain. Nudetain. Yes. It's just it's just really yeah, really. And it's really not frozen. I know I've got a few viewers who love to give me a hard time about frozen <laughs> beers. Okay, so you brought a a but, beer. But to you this only show. freeze the hard to find beers. Well, yeah. I, I didn't know that you you've got this fridge in the in the break yes, room yes. here that looks like a normal fridge yes it's deceptive it's very deceptively cold <laughs> and we had only had it in there for a few minutes and it had frozen like a rock now, so this was the one uh, i think you brought it was one of the shows i think that ian uh, was out for the show and chris was uh, was helping yes. me uh, make i was it through watching a show. that show actually. i think it was before the second social or that, something that that beer ago. that beer is one of my favorite ipas i've ever tasted i brought one it, i brought the same what, one you brought that is it frozen no it's not it's not frozen <laughs> So I, I want to recreate this experience. I gotta tell you, that was a great experience. I also brought so uh, Ghost, Ghost in the Machine, Ghost in the Machine, and then yeah. Atticus Atlas, which is a triple IPA, which is very interesting. Uh, I think this is fantastic. Now, oh, those, those are both perish, both Ghost perish. Ghost in the here. Machine was the one we had, right? Yeah, Ghost in the yeah. Machine was what was frozen, uh, and it was fant- it, it tasted pretty good. Oh frozen, my god, it was lie. good. <laughs> But it was uh, like a beer sickle. Par- <laughs> Parish is coming to Texas this month, so this no is kidding. awesome. Yeah, they got distribution. Uh, from what I understand, they're doing the the release party or the launch party here in Houston. A few places are doing it, so um, I am so excited. It's because, fantastic uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really. I don't good. have a bottle opener. I'm, uh, I got uh, a I feeling think, like you I have a keychain. Yeah, I think yeah. Ian could probably help us out there. Which one you want to do uh, first? Well, Atticus Atlas. I think we should start first. Okay. Now, uh, tell us about Atticus Atlas. <clears throat> what is this? I, so I know very little, about, a little about it actually. Right. It's a triple IPA, uh, very reminiscent of. Uh, I mean, it looks like a, a glass of orange juice, much so, like what yeah, we just it should had. Should be interesting after, uh, after trying the new ten, but. Uh, uh, Nudetain. What does what does nudetain mean? I don't know. I think it's a. I'm not even going to guess. Uh, it's. <laughs> we'll have to. I don't know what it's a reference to, but you know, maybe, with beer. Uh, there's always a reference. Maybe to somebody who's uh, who's watching. By the way, um, uh, big ups to my uh, old friend from Philadelphia, Andre Gardner, who's watching the show. Andre, what's up, brother? Um, it's a. Um, yeah, it, it's always interesting. Maybe someone in the show notes can comment on nudetain and knows what it uh, means. Obviously, there's a. Very flashery looking guy behind the uh, behind the label uh, thing there. So, uh, all right. So this is now this is a parish beer uh, that you poured us the second one, um, and this is what's the name of it again? Ian? Atticus Atlas. Atticus Atlas. Okay. Yep. I Beautiful think you picture advanced of a moth. One too fast. Did I? Oh, did I not give you one? Hold on. Uh, wait, on. wait, no, no. That's the last one. Uh, are you sure? Because I have did, one of the. Did you just hand that to here. him? I just handed it. To okay, him. so okay. yeah, that's so, yours. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, I, I gave, I gave Adam. All right, that's okay. Uh, yeah, through, <laughs> through, I know, interrupted there. the order here, sorry. and this is only after a, like a small, tiny beer. So imagine what it's going to be like when we get to the end of the show. So I love the nose on this. Yeah. it's got a so lot this, of vanilla. This is a, a triple IPA. Triple IPA. Triple IPA. Okay. Yeah, Oddly, there's you know, a lot so of you, vanilla. You can smell a hop in it, but it's not a huge hop. Now, obviously, the new thing is mosaic hops. You get that sort of citrusiness. This is wow, this is really interesting because I was expecting whenever you go triple IPA, I'm expecting a certain amount of bitterness. And I'm not getting any. No, really. no this is more of vanilla syrup. Yeah, vanilla mm-hmm. syrupy. Mm. 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 It's really interesting how the hops work on this because the hops are kind of towards the back end, but not at the very back yes. end. And yes. then they come back. And then they slightly. come back. Thank you for saying it because I was going to say, like I'm getting a sort of a hop like flavor on the tongue, well after yeah. uh, uh, you've already swallowed your your taste. It's um, wow. I, I'm 
I'm very, very impressed with this. And it just goes to... This is a little more like the profile that like um, like a Dogfish Head 90-minute has, mm-hmm. where it's not as obvious, you know, your normal IPA. Sure. This is, this it is, is a very different. interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's a very different beer from that, but it has more yes. of that same kind of profile. Right. Dogfish Head has, has some darker flavors in, yeah. in it, uh, whereas this is... Surprisingly, I don't know what the ABV is, but it it co- it goes down surprisingly light and sessionable for a triple IPA. This also has some fruity flavors to it that aren't just your normal citrus fruits mm-hmm. that you get. They're not grapefruit and right. orange only. You know? Right. You you got more of the sort of traditional citrusiness from the Newtang, but this is. Um, I don't know. This is a little harder to define and describe. I have to say, I'm uh, very happy with it. It's uh, it's very there. So there's a traditional, and I'm going to butcher this, but there's a traditional, regular, typical IPAs, mm-hmm. uh, which were super popular ten years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, things like <coughs> the Saint Arnold Alyssa and the uh, sure, you know, a more sort of like very straightforward hoppy IPA. It's uh, correct, and, and I've never been a real big fan of of traditional IPAs. Uh, this still has that on the back end, a little bit reminiscence of, mm-hmm. of, a, of an old school IPA. But in the front end, it's all sweetness, all vanilla, all almost kind of a yeasty yeah. banana note. Reminds it's just me, yeah. fantastic. Reminds me a little bit of a, uh, a Yellow Rose. <coughs> from oh, my I'm a big fan of Yellow Rose. So is my Which wife. I like, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's got a slightly different flavor profile, but it's as easily drinkable as that, and that's a very <laughs> my fr- interesting... My friend Brian shouts out on here, the word you're looking for is balance. <laughs> yes, and, and he's correct, by the way. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is. And Ian, you talk about this a that's, lot. That's my fight with IPA. so many IPAs. Is so many <clears throat> right. of them are just not balanced. They're just, they're just hop-heavy on the back end. And I can enjoy those kinds of IPAs like you just described. Sure. The same way that I enjoy like a barley wine, for example, because you're going to just sip it and taste it. It's not something you're going to, at least for me, it's not something I'm going to drink all the time. It's more like open it, take in the experience, maybe share it with somebody. But this beer is one that I would go back to repeatedly. Yeah, like, it's, I would it's want fantastic. some of this in my refrigerator. This is, and so I'm so excited that Parrish is going to be uh, is going to be coming to uh, to Texas for uh, those of us in the Houston area. This is big, and I'll tell you, as good as the stuff is that we've had from Nola, Parrish may be the Parrish is the they may be the brewery spindle to tap of of yeah. Louisiana, but yeah. more loved. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, okay, I tell you what we're going to do. I have no idea how long the segment's gone, but let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll come back and do more tasting, and then uh, begin to get into some of these cigar lists that I've got. That I'm, uh, I'm just really excited for people to be able to uh, to kind of break some of these cigars down. So uh, this will be fun. Uh, cigar lists and more beer. What are we going to taste next, Chris? Um, well, I'll, g- I'll give you the option. We can do one <coughs> more IPA, or we can go to Murray Crimis. Oh, let's, Murray Crimis. Murray yeah, 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 let's, yeah. let's go let's there and change Christmas. it up. All right, so we'll do that. Coming up next, it's Smoking and Toasting, and it's show number 120. There we go. Oh, you got the trick headphones. Yeah, I, I like did. It. What, uh... Let's try it again. How do you use that to open this? <laughs> I'm trying to play <laughs> Oh, I can get a, a more standard button. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 120, brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, Texas. And Ian is, uh, oh, that that misfired. That yeah, was a misfire. 
There oh, we go. There we wow, go. that was interesting. So uh, we're going to be uh, sampling the murder criminals. Uh, murder criminals <laughs> makes me so mad. <laughs> it's actually spelled that way: M U R Y C R I M M U S. Yeah, the murder criminals, as it should be. While that uh, while that is being uh, poured, I'm going to go through the list because this is a fairly long one, uh, starting with cigars that scored 92. All the way up to the top cigar that scored 94 in Cigar Insider. Now, Cigar Insider, if you are familiar with, a lot of people are familiar with Cigar Aficionado. Cigar Insider is a kind of a weekly newsletter that comes out from the Cigar Aficionado uh, people. So if you're like way more into cigars than just a once every couple of months magazine, you can subscribe to this, uh, I think it's weekly uh, newsletter. Uh, anyway, they, they rate stuff on a regular basis. It's not a big glossy thing, uh, but they do nice reviews, <coughs> and their rating scale is about the same as the, um, as the Cigar Aficionado. So if you've read those cigar reviews, you know what to expect. So starting with the cigars that scored 92 and headed up, uh, these are the cigars that made their year-end list. The Trinidad Santiago Bellicoso, the Tatuaje Fausto, FT-153 Toro, the Room 101 Farce, uh, which I uh, reviewed on the show yeah, yeah. A, a week or so ago, uh, Ramon Alionis by A.J. Fernandez. Now, I haven't had the Ramon Alionis by A.J., so that's that's definitely going onto my list. The Toro and the Churchill both made the uh, list, uh, and the Ramon Alionis Gigantes, Gigantes made it, as did the uh, Quai d'Orsay, number 54, the Padron Family Reserve, number 50, and number 45 both made it. The one-off, that's the one with the peace sign uh, uh, band, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Uh, one-off, uh, number 53, Super Robusto. Uh, a Monte Cristo number two, Cuban. Uh, McAuliffe Gomez Sancha, one RA, Generation Leyenda number one. I have not had this cigar. No, but say I that three times uh, fast. Uh, no, I, w- I, w- I won't. Uh, the Hoyo Silver Corona, the Hoyo de Nicaragua Antaño Gran Reserva, Robusto Grande, the Ilzone Cruzado, short Robusto, didn't you? Um, didn't you review that yes, cigar earlier this year? I believe you did. Uh, the also, Hoy- I had one of those Antonios just recently. Yeah. It's oh, good. see? Antonios yeah. are good. Uh, the Hoya de Monterey Epicure <clears throat> number two, the Enclave Broadleaf Churchill, which is an AJ cigar, which I'm a huge fan of, was one in the little sampler. You're kind of Adam an AJ Gubbins. fanboy. I'm right kind now. of becoming a fanboy of AJ. I have to admit <laughs> it. I have to admit it. He's just it, consistency. And amazing complexity uh, of flavors. All right, so let me finish this list. Arturo Fuente Hemingway, work of art. Arturo Fuente Hemingway, classic. Alec Bradley, Black Market, Estelle Toro. Sound familiar? Yeah. Yeah, you just uh, reviewed it today. Alec Bradley, Black Market, Estelle Churchill. Padron Family Reserve, number 44. These are all, uh, from here on up, they're 93s uh, in their total score. Uh, My Father, La Opulencia Toro. Uh, the Monte Cristo Nicaragua series Robusto H. Upman Connoisseur B Herrera Esteli Miami Toro E.P. Carrillo Encore Majestic with a 93 uh, the Cohiba Siglo 4 the Tubo the Alec, Black, Alec Bradley Black Market Esteli Torpedo and their number one cigar the only one they gave a 94 to uh, was the Warped Siri Grand Reserve, a 1988 Robusto. Nice. So warped, getting a number one. This and Good this is all them. from Their cigar. Yeah, this is all from Cigar Insider. Uh, you will note the EP Carrillo Encore Majestic, basically tied for second place on their list. And uh, as most of you probably know by now, it 
was the number one cigar from uh, Cigar Aficionado. Uh, so we'll we'll see how many other how many other lists that lands its way on. But uh, but time now for some Mercurimer. Mercurimer. <laughs> Cheers, guys. I think you say it the best, Ian. Mercurimer. Yeah, that sounds like uh, you just gotta. <laughs> <laughs> Would you drink beer with me? Yeah, I drink it, beer it, with me. It kind of sounds like <laughs> it kind of sounds like you've gone to a holiday show with Tom Waits. Is what it Mercury. sounds like. I was thinking Elvis. Uh, Elvis, yeah, 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 that would work. That would work. <laughs> mm. Mm. Tom so, Waits does show up in weird places. I just saw uh, Seven Psychopaths, and he was randomly in. That oh, now Tom Waits. He, Tom he Waits. is in that movie. He's like he's the best bad sing- he 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 is the best bad singer in in the music business. He. He makes Bob Dylan sound tuneful and melodic. Well, did, he did a uh, story. Remember that but series? He's wonderful. Remember that series? Uh, uh, story Ballad of Buster Scruggs. <laughs> you see that? Uh-uh. Um, I thought that's what you were saying. No, they they did. They used to do a series called Storytellers. It was on VH1, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where they'd have they'd have an artist come in and play in kind of an intimate and kind of setting and tell the story behind the song. Tell the story behind the songs, man. And his was amazing. Could you so understand good. any of the stories? A little bit, yeah. yeah. A little bit. <laughs> okay, because that would be my that would be my you, question. Actually, it's weird because the more you drink, the more you understand. <laughs> I actually saw uh, Charlie Sexton play live this last week, and Charlie mm, uh, name, name checked. Uh, Tom and told a Tom Waits story or two during the uh, during the show, which is kind of <laughs> nice. cool. There's a, so, a TV show on Netflix called uh, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I've seen the uh, a, I've seen it show up on my recommended list, but it's I haven't a, seen it. It's a feature length film told in six stories. Mm-hmm. So every story is like 20 minutes long, which is about the length of a full movie. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like one, you just wait 20 minutes and fast forward to the mm-hmm. next one. But there's a segment, segment three, I think, is Tom Waits. As a panhandler, not a panhandler. What's it? Uh, a gold panner, a gold. Uh, oh, uh, uh, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, uh, 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 yeah. What were they called? The guys that pan for gold. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he prospector. He, prospector. We'll say prospector. So it is by far. I mean, it is a. In my opinion, it is the best thing I've seen on on in a movie form in, in quite some time. But it's a quick 20, 25 minute story about a uh, a guy that comes upon an open valley barren of, of human life you don't see it anywhere and mm-hmm. so he spends weeks looking for gold wow and then so the whole 20 25 minute story is tom waits as the prospector basically by himself oh yes by himself but talking to this this uh, what he calls mr pocket he knows there's a pocket of gold in them hills and he keeps talking <laughs> to it every day he's talking he's like i'm not gonna find you today mr pocket i'll find you tomorrow it is it is the best part of that entire uh, uh, s- uh, movie one time, is that one little segment. One time when I was in uh, college, uh, I had had a lot of tequila, and I was talking to Mister Pocket, and <laughs> the uh, police did not find it very uh, uh, very amusing. So, so, so random Tom Waits too. Uh, I know you've seen the movie The Outsiders. Yes. He's the bar owner. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I think mean, he's fantastic. Yeah, he, he, he really is. A great actor and, and, and a great musician. Uh, probably one of the better songwriters of our of Heart our Attack era. and Vine. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So we're going to... So uh, thoughts on Mercury? Mercury. It's great. Uh, Vietnamese uh, cinnamon, uh, cocoa nibs. Uh, right. You know, uh, I mentioned this in last week's Crazy Beer episode that Prairie has a tendency to leave, I think, I think, to leave their beer in the barrel too long. Gives it a soy sauce note, and this does not have that. No, mm, this no, you're is, absolutely right. This is a great imperial porter. I don't know how long if, if it would spend any time in the barrel at all, mm. but it, it, even if it didn't, it's 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 fantastic. So it's just a great dark Christmas time beer. I tried this last summer, yes, because they still had it 
last summer when I went by there uh, at the brewery, and it's absolutely outstanding. It's what I drank like the whole time I was there. How would you compare this to um, to Rocket Fuel from our oh, friends? I love at, uh, Rocket Fuel. Our, Rocket our Fuel, at, but that's uh, coffee. That's not yeah. cinnamon. But it is Vietnamese coffee. Vietnamese coffee, Vietnamese cinnamon is like American dog. Rocket American Fuel, cat. yeah. Rocket Fuel <laughs> is coffee forward and way more carbonated. And I think they should tone down the carbonation a little it's bit. It's a little too carbonated for me, but I like it anyway. I like, still think it's the best. When I drink egg. Rocket Fuel, I pour it into a glass and let it sit a little bit. Um, and it's outstanding beer. Um, this, this is more of a maybe it's a Christmassy style. It's got the spice and stuff to it, but but I can drink this anytime. Say Merry Christmas. It's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I almost, just, I almost brought. Wait, the, say, you gotta say it like that. I can't do it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. The, I just, the adult in me will not let I it just, I just want, and can we get the camera shot on Ian's face? Because just in case we haven't got it, when you lean into the mic, <laughs> so in, NPR, NPR lean style, and say Merc Rubin. It's, it's a thing. I don't know if I can recreate it now. Can you do it? Give it Merc Rubin. There you go. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's the show right there. Thank you for coming. We'll uh, see you next week. Thanks for the pie uh, crash. Got to go. All right. So uh, so while you guys just you know, why don't we do, uh, why don't we do one of your spirits here? Um, sure. Chris, sure. Uh, I actually almost brought a. There was a great barrel pick done at uh, Flax Liquor, and I, I just left the bottle at home. But um, if if you guys are Russell's Reserve fans or Bourbon fans, there's a ton of I great barrel like, picks out there right I now. I do like Russell's Reserve. Um, but I did bring you rum. I know you're a big rum guy. I know. I know. I know you like to say tequila's your jam, but, but there's a rum in you. Okay. Like, so so I will just say over the holidays, I began to question if rum might. Be the number one. Be the number one for me, because um, we were. You know what we were doing? We were going through uh, the bar at home, my wife and I, and looking to make space in the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was trying to find stuff that was almost gone. Mm-hmm. Right. So go, coming upon some almost empty rums and finishing them off, and that was. Let me just say, we watched a lot of Netflix and drank a lot of rum, <laughs> and uh, it was really, really wonderful. Um, uh, but yes, the. Um, the the spirit is just wonderful and it's perfect for like holiday time because of the sweetness you know and 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 it really 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 works so let me uh, uh, I'm I'm gonna get ready for another list but while uh, while I do that let's let's say I just want to point out my dad loved rum a lot yeah uh, he used to take rum and pour it into unsweetened iced tea and just drink it that way one of the things that you've <laughs> talked about on the show <laughs> Ian, is that you've gotten to know a lot more rums and stuff since we started yes, doing very the show. Much. Yeah. Right. I, I just wasn't a big fan of it. Um, we never, you know, my dad liked rum, but he didn't like really high end rum. He liked he rum. sure, yeah, sure. He, he liked Malibu. Well, like rum. I Not would, even Malibu. He he would buy it in a giant plastic jug with a that ship just on said it. rum on it. Sure, <laughs> sure. With a picture of a ship on. No, he liked he liked <laughs> some, but but my dad also didn't have the knowledge on a lot of that stuff on what some of the higher end rums were uh, and. Um, well, I will tell you, um, I've had... So I, I was never really introduced to it until me and you started really, you know, sitting down and drinking about well, it. Well, I have had a couple of rums that I've considered uh, life-changing. And one of them was uh, when Chris brought us that... Uh, Mabel rum? 
that naval mm-hmm. rum. Oh my god, that's just like I, I have dreams about that. Okay, rum. there's no reason for rum to be this smooth. Yeah, so yeah. let me let me so let's what are talk we about this here. Yes, <laughs> so show this again. You know, uh, there's a few brands out there that mm-hmm. kind of catch uh, some flack. Can we can we catch some? Can I say catch some? Catch some shit. Catch some shit? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah they they catch some shit for for being old, a big brand. Oh, old stereotypes, right? Well, Jack right. Daniels is one of them, right? And yes. Jack Daniels actually makes fantastic whiskey. Yes, their cash strength barrel strength is is up there with a lot of them. And you brought in some Jack Daniels that was mm-hmm. just absolutely the phenomenal. single barrel, yeah. the single barrel. Yeah. 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 Bacardi's one of those rums that kind of have a a perception and they've got their core line that's that's meant mostly for cocktails but uh you know they they've got some older stock that they would bring out for weddings and anytime someone in the family had something special going on they'd roll a barrel out and mm-hmm. this is a blend of 10 to 12 year old rum 10 to 12 years old low 50s price point and the only criticism i have i could drink half the bottle it's so it's so right. light it's so it's smooth a bump in proof would be nice i'd like to see it at 96 95 but but this is fantastic so they actually had this at is this the a 40 proof is this the first time you've actually bought 80 something proof. 40 or like 80 proof i mean <laughs> yeah. it's the first this is the first time that I've, I've really enjoyed something it's been a long time since i've had something <laughs> that wasn't completely all character was lost at 80 proof yeah there's still a ton of sweetness a ton of oak influence I, I, I enjoy it. And it's unsponsored. I, they're not paying me to say any of this. <laughs> they had this at the Whiskey Sniff, by the way. And I remember after having sampled a lot of different whiskey, I was in the mood for some rum and uh, went for some of this and just remember really enjoying it with the cigar I was smoking at the time, which I believe was an E.P. Carrillo. This has a very mineral Austin water kind of aftertaste that I really enjoy. <laughs> I, I think there's this is something that's great to introduce people to rum. High-end rum yes. or, or more nicer, non-stereotypical rum, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, it, it's uh, it, it's just it's a little too weak. But other than that, I, it, it's so tasty. I could I, I could find I find myself drinking a little too much of it. Well, <laughs> it's I can I can see that happening. It's really quite delicious. I have to say. But it, as an introductory, like to high-end, you're right. I mean, this would be outstanding. <clears throat> Let me run over this list while we're enjoying the rum. I, I, by the way. Banana, um, caramel, uh, a little bit of done. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of that. Is this, where is this one from? It is so, yeah, extra they're in, rare gold They're rum. in Puerto Rico. So there's Puerto Rican. So it's got a little bit of what I call the Jamaican uh, rum flavor, which is a little bit of that uh, just sort of like rubbery rum uh, vibe, but it's not very strong. Not as strong as a Jamaican, as it would be in a Jamaican rum. Um, I, I think There's it's a lot just of exceptional. wood, like a lot of oak on the aftertaste. Yeah. I think it's just exceptional. I'm, I'm, quite I'm very happy with it. it. It's something that I could see me keeping some in the in the back bar, right, for dailies. Oh, absolutely. I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. All right. So also goes along with the merry Christmas. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That that Christmas flavors right into a sugar bomb. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. It, it t- that totally works. All right, Rob Report has named the 13 best cigars of 2018. I do not believe these are in order, but let me go through them for you. Uh, They named the Rocky Patel 25th year Hamlet Salomon as one of theirs. Now, Hamlet, this is, you know, Rocky has had a couple of, like, branch offs that he's allowed other people in his family to do a cigar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've had uh, 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 Nish's uh, mm-hmm. cigar. We've they, had, they've uh, had some saturation yeah, yeah, issues. Yes, yes absolutely. Uh, but the Hamlet, and this is one of the you know other family members making something. And uh, uh, Hamlet, uh, all right, l- let me correct myself. 
according to this, Hamlet is a Cuban cigar maker. See, I thought he, I thought this was one of his was one of his family members. Um, it's like the Mickey Gilly name. <laughs> I think I think it may be. Anyway, watered down. Quite he was a bit. born and raised in Havana, apparently, and had spent more than twenty five years in the cigar industry there, perfecting his skills. This is his resurrection of a Cuban uh, Cuban shape. The uh, Salomon Figurado, yeah. and uh, and it has been named by the Rob Report. Now these guys are a little different at the Rob Report, because these are the guys that either do or pretend to, you know, drive you know uh, seven hundred thousand dollar cars and own yachts and stuff. Because that's what the Rob Report's about. This is about I didn't know that stuff for rich people. Sure, is what the Rob Report's about. So uh, so they kind of have this you know money's no object uh, sort of vibe to what they review. And uh, and sometimes I really like what they say. Sometimes I feel like they're a bit, you know, a bit over the top. The La Aurora Ordiage, uh, the 2017. That's a twenty dollars cigar. Uh, they named that one of their best cigars of the year. The Tatuaje Miami, fifteen. Second time we've seen that show mm-hmm. up. Uh, the Villager, La Flor de Inclan, the Lancero. Uh, this is the first time we've seen this show up on a on a list. So very interesting. Um, Rocky Patel Old World Reserve re-release, and I will tell you, I've had one of those, and it's terrific. Uh, really, really. Did good. you? Get, I have one of my humanoids. Did you give me that? I believe I did. Yeah, yes, nice. I believe I did. Uh, the Fonseca Vega Ma- Vega Magna, uh, which I don't think I've had. It's about a twenty dollars cigar. I haven't had that. Uh, the Regius Maduro, uh, the Hoya La Amistad Black by AJ Fernandez, which is a fabulous, fabulous cigar. Uh, and it's about a seven and a half to eight and a half dollar cigar, so it's right in there in that price range with mm-hmm. the uh, uh, the H. Upman by AJ that I was talking about, uh, the uh, Placencia Cocheca, uh, the Hoya de Nicaragua 50th Anniversary Cinco Decadas, which is decades, uh, the Davidoff Chef Cigar. The Romeo and Julieta 1875 Nicaraguan. These were one of the cigars we uh, gave out at the um, S- smoke at, at the uh, yes at the uh, whiskey, at the whiskey sniff yes. The whiskey sniff, yeah. And Winst- uh, Davidoff's Winston Churchill, the late hour, uh, which is a twenty dollars cigar. I've got one of these Those in my humidor, and I'm looking are forward to so s- good. I-, I haven't smoked it. I'm looking forward to smoking it and reviewing it soon on the show. So. Did, did you guys see that post I made about speaking of Winston Churchill? Yeah. The his great grandson that came to the second. Oh yes, who passed? Yeah, away. yeah. So we met him at the whiskey the, the whiskey social. Yeah, social, the second yeah. year he lived here in Houston with his wife and two kids, and he passed some crazy lung disease. Mm. Um, mm. And we've got people asking. Yeah, okay, you just answered them. The Bacardi Grand Reserve a ten year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a ten to twelve, right? Ten, it's a blend of ten to twelve, but with right. our with so our age requirements, they, they has label to be it a ten. Yes, of course. <laughs> But uh, but it's always interesting to know. So uh, this is a wonderful. Uh, do you recall what the price point is on this bottle? Low fifties. So Low 50s? I, I had on uh, and shout out to Jeremiah. Apparently Jeremiah is really good friends with the person I had on this week's show, who mm-hmm. will be on Peter Clifton uh, tomorrow's episode. Um, <laughs> Peter and I talked about him and Jeremiah's friendship, and I was like, oh no, D- Jeremiah and I have a uh, this bromance going on every time we talk about the show. <laughs> Did but, you guys um, actually meet for the first time at the Whiskey Sniff? That's correct. That's no, 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 so not the Whiskey Sniff. Oh, at, at the 100th, the 100th episode. episode. Yes. Yeah. 100th episode. So that was an episode we had tried to line up our schedules, but Jeremiah's busy, and I've got a, a few things going on myself. So People are already, by the way, beginning to ask me what we're going to do for the 200th show. We're only on 120. But so it's we flying by, though. <laughs> we got a we know that, that was over six months ago? Gosh, that's, that's it's flown by. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, we were and, already one fifth of the way there. Which and by the way, about halfway there. And yesterday, I know that I math believe, doesn't make sense, but I'm making yesterday, it Yesterday, uh, Jeremiah sobered up from the show. So, uh, <laughs> love to you, Jeremiah. I'm just just putting that out there. Well, it'll be fun. This this is a a very uh, you know one of the things I love about rum is how affordable most of it is. Sure, you can find a a really exceptional high end rum. Thirty-five dollars, sure, and up, and you can I find feel some like great start, rums. Starting to creep up a little some bit. Some great rums in the twenties. In in rum, I feel like there's a sweet spot between like thirty-five and forty-five dollars. But if you compare that though to bourbon or to single malt, which scotch, is like sixty-five right. to hundred, you're, you're talking to 90. that sweet spot happens a bit higher. Well, I I, I would I would disagree, uh, but it's a it's a matter of availability, right? So right. I think the sweet spot in bourbon starts at twenty bucks. Well, if you talk about Buffalo Trace and some of the sure, some of the amazing even, things you know, that are available, Ezra in Brooks, which they they just discontinued, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I think you can find really great bourbon in a thirty dollar range. Yeah, um, which used to be the argument against Scotch, like really great Scotch is in the fifty dollar range. Mm-hmm. Bourbon starts much younger now. <laughs> bourbon has kind of moved anything in the $30 range is hard to find now mm-hmm. so rum you can still find it readily available at 30 bucks. want to mention this by the way well before I forget it um, I was looking back uh, after all the uh, football because I think we watched like at my house I think we watched like three consecutive football games on uh, on Sunday as everybody was like you know clamoring for the playoffs um, and um, happened to notice that there was a segment on Paul McCartney that was going to be on 60 Minutes. So I set up the DVR to record 60 Minutes, which meant I had to record 60 Minutes and the show sure. after it because it's Sunday and football schedule. So I'm going through, finally, uh, to watch the Paul McCartney segment, and I'll be damned if they didn't do a whole segment from the Brooklotic Distillery. Yeah, really? I, Isla. In Scotland. Uh, in, yeah. In, in Isla, yeah. And it was a wonderful and brilliant segment. So I say this because I think you can probably find it online. If not on YouTube, you can certainly get it on the CBS uh, uh, website. Uh, it's a wonderful segment, and if you are even remotely interested in um, in single malt whiskey, you should absolutely check it out. They show them digging the peat. It's really it's really amazing. Yeah, it's the, a great segment. The 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 guy that uh, the host of the show at the time had, and even says it during that segment, is that he doesn't he's never liked whiskey. Mm-hmm. But being there and and something hooked him that right. grabbed his piqued his interest and went to Isla, he was so fascinated by it that he just had to do a story about it. Which I think most people in the media, if they had any inclination as to what whiskey is and the process and the history, and uh, I think there would be more stories about it. But he had right. he yeah. had passed before he right, had finished before the story, finished so the story. they had abandoned the story. And this is back in 2015, so they finished the story uh, and finally released it. It was fantastic. It was a really great piece. Yeah, someone else finished the story up for him, and and it was just really well done. And if you think about it, if he was there in 2015, think about what's happened in the single malt scotch industry between 2015 yeah, and now. Just since then. You know how how crazy things are. So it's uh, anyway, it's it's a great segment. I encourage you to watch it if you it's can, quick too. If you can I think it's it. 10, 15 yeah, minutes, like a typical like 60 minutes, you know, short segment. Yeah. 
Um, so I encourage you to watch that. Find it. I am loving this. Uh, I remember loving it at the uh, at the whiskey sniff. That's fantastic. Uh, but I'm just coming back now, getting all these wonderful bits of uh, cinnamon flavor on the tongue. Uh, oh boy, this it's is an good. easy drinker. It's I something could drink this all day. You know, you and Adam did a, a segment while you you guys were celebrating uh, mm-hmm. right after the wedding, right in Mexico. Yes. And uh, I was so jealous because I know, I know, without you even saying anything, you guys just spent several days drinking and smoking. Oh my God! Until yes. your like your body was like, all right, I'd love some fresh air. <laughs> I will. I will tell you that rum that we had. Um, I mentioned that there'd been two life changing rum. Uh No, it was Havana Club. It was a Cuban rum, but it was a triple barrel um, uh, distillation. So. After its uh, normal distillation period, it was stored for a short time in three different, different kinds of barrels. And what they came up with was just absolutely. I've never seen this rum. Of course, the Cuban Havana Club, which is what this was, right. you can't get in the U.S. You can get, uh, I found some of the Havana Club 7 on Yeho uh, at Duty Free coming back into the country and bought a couple of bottles of that to bring home. Sure. But, uh, but this one I've only seen uh, at... You know, I haven't traveled all over the place, but I've only seen this in Mexico, and I got to tell you, it it that and the naval rum were the life changing rums that I've had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was just unbelievable. This good. is something I could see us so. sitting around somewhere on a patio for five hours. Well, the rain seems to have stopped, and Chris. just and just enjoy it and and to to, to the fullest extent of our. I our, like the way you think. Pleasure since I think I think our abilities to enjoy that could only grow the more we practice. As I say sometimes to my wife, you say the most amazing things. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and uh, we have more beers to sample. Sure. And then you brought another spirit with you, Chris. What is this new Riff single barrel? They're not available in Texas yet. They're a young distillery out of Kentucky that uh, used to source whiskey, and now they've got (laughs) four-year-old single barrels available. And I brought one to the show to taste. I think it's fantastic four-year-old Kentucky bourbon, and I'm excited to get them to Texas very, very soon. All right, we'll get to that, plus Cigar Aficionado's list of the hottest cigars in uh, in the world for 2018. We'll get to that all in the next segment. This is Smoking and Toasting. Awesome. Getting hot. Um, this is... That was four. Okay, so we have to get to... This is going on to four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got one left. Two left. Two left. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Justin. We are on show number 120. And it is so, you know, it's so amazing to get to do this for 120 episodes. You realize this, right? Sure. It's like, I don't take this for granted at all. People like Chris Hart crashed the show. But as you said earlier, he's not the guy that crashed the show. He's the guy that brought beers. Yeah, you know, and and I'm I'm, I'm loving that. So, uh, Chris, as we uh, as we go to sample another of your uh, creations here, not your creations, but another one of your finds. Uh, what is this beer that we're so, that we're sampling? I'm with? giving another shout out to Six Sigma, or uh, not Six Sigma. That's a business thing. Sorry, Sigma. Force yeah. of Habit, Sigma Brewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got something called Spirit Journey that came out. Another hazy ipa so these guys are really in because this They're killing is it right now this is where the uh the new tan came from which was correct you could argue that that it'd be easy for them to say okay we've done hazy ipa let's do something else instead they made another one and this, this one, one has, may even may even be better this one has more dank than the last one it this, is dank. this yeah. has more dank and i'll give it one criticism i still enjoy it but it's got a bit of that hot burn 
that you get uh, on some some hazy IPAs. Leave you, I know that after I drink this, I'm gonna have a little bit of chest. Now see, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Heartburn. A little heartburn. Uh, yeah, yeah. Heartburn. I'm, I know where you're coming from, and maybe it's maybe it's my love of the hop, but uh, I don't see this as it's a bad thing. Very like, dank. This is wonderful. This is a wonderfully complex. Now, this uh, the new tin which we had earlier. <laughs> Shout out to Paul Rudd. We figured out where it was uh, from. Right. Oh, and by the way, Adam mentioned this in one of the uh, in, in one of the moments between the segments that this is from uh, a movie that Paul Rudd was in. Apparently, uh, Adam, what, what did you what did you Google to find that? You just typed in Newtane. Yeah, 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 you just Googled Newtane. Okay, so you can Google that to find out. It's 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 a clip worth watching. Uh, but anyway, um, this is wonderful. Then we went to the very hoppy, juicy. Um, creation from uh, Parish, and uh, and now back to this. Like I, I'm pretty like blown away actually by how much good hazy IPA we've had so on the show today. This is nice. I actually like the first one better. I do too. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, I, and I like the Atticus Atlas better too. And this I'm gonna, is a third. Okay, so I'm going to argue that this is better than the new ten. Oh, well, but, you're wrong. But that but. so far the Atticus Atlas has. I been will my thumb favorite. wrestle you. Uh, and, and bring it. Bring it. <laughs> like challenge you, you like you like challenge the, you accepted the, gauntlet thrown for the dank. I, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the complexity of this. This uh, the Nutane is infinitely more drinkable. Okay, so if okay. I'm going to sit down for several, I would choose the Nutane. Sure, this is if definitely I'm, a one at a time. If I'm choosing one, this is so complex. I'm getting so many different flavors on this that it's really hard to. Mm, really hard to say no to. This is amazing. Mm. So I, I think uh, like the thing that the thing that I don't like about this particular one is the the aftertaste has this bitter dryness that just doesn't let go, and that to me is a little pine coney. Yep, that's the and note. I know, I know what you're note. talking about, but this one doesn't cross that line for me. Yeah, sure. See, it's this just so I short think, of I think, that line. I think maybe. your gray line's a little broader than maybe, mine on yeah. this one. <laughs> no, and that's probably true because of uh, you know IPA being kind of my favorite style. But but you're absolutely right. For me, this one stops just short of that line. And I but I can see because I think you have a little less like for that, a little less tolerance for that. Yeah, I yeah and I don't think it's a bad beer. It's just uh, <laughs> a little bit of this is fine for me and and. I like the first one better. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you in the final segment, though. Can we open the bottle that you brought from Parrish, the um, the other one? Because that's the, the one, one I froze? Yes. The yes, one, it's the one sitting on ice. Last time. Yeah, it's sitting okay, on ice right now. Because in in my memory, that's one of my favorite IPAs it. It that I've had like, in a long, long time. So I'd like to see how that compares to these others that we've had because well, it's very juicy as well uh, i'm gonna actually make a correction on myself i, okay. I believe so Parrish did two versions there's the ghost in the machine and the ddh ghost in the machine and i believe we might have frozen the ddh the mm. the, the double dry hopped ghost in the machine oh, what i brought was the original the classic the og mm -hmm. and uh but it's still what made them famous i think i think we're gonna i love enjoy it i love when uh White guys with like orange hair say OG. That just, I love that. That just like is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> You're hilarious. Can I ask you a personal question? Sure. So I know that you have a, a background in, in radio, but mm -hmm. I just kind of perused your hallway on my way in here to, to sneak in and crash the mm -hmm. party here. Um, you've got all these awards on the walls that are tied to major albums. 
Blue October, who I re- I learned within the last couple of years. I've always been a Blue October fan. I didn't know they they were Houston based. O- originally from Houston, yeah. they're based out of Austin now, but yes, originally from Houston. And then uh, you know Blink One Eighty Two and some crazy awards in there, and uh, I I had no idea you were that uh involved like i i was i i've always loved you and appreciated you as being this amazing guy you just thought i was a guy to drink with no, you know no like i knew i knew you had a, a long uh pedigree or a long a long resume so to speak you know uh, this is the way i like to explain and a passion to for music obviously that's where uh, you guys i'm yeah. sure connected i know you guys met and did the cigar thing first and kind of yeah. realized you loved each other but you guys both have deep histories in music. Well, and we wind up talking music on the show probably, uh, yeah, perhaps more often than we should. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, uh, yeah, my my background uh, was uh, broadcast radio. I still do a, a bit of radio stuff, but uh, I like to say that uh, I was I was in the radio business when it was fun. Um, when you know, before the big corporations came, it's a wild in. west in the nineties, man. Yeah, before the big corporations wound up owning everything and making it not nearly as fun, just homogenizing yeah, and thing. homogenizing it all. Um, I've been for a part of many. I've been a part of a number of few. different. <laughs> I've been a part of a, a number of different, really, I think, great uh, radio stations. I was fortunate enough to be my business partner Pat Fant and I put the buzz in Houston on the air when it started. Um, I was at WFNX in Boston, which I think is one of the. Uh, it's gone now, but it was one of the all-time great sort of indie rock alternative stations. I was at WMGK in Philadelphia, which was. Uh, uh, one of the highest rated classic rock stations in uh, in the United States in a major uh, in a major market. So I've just I've just been really lucky, you know. Uh, I've gotten to be in the right place at the right time with uh, uh, with things, and and gotten to meet a lot of great and amazing people. And I'm going to be honest with you, gotten to drink with a lot of uh, amazing people too, which has been which has been one of the things that when we started this show, because I don't do I'm involved in now with the company a number of different broadcast and streaming radio things but i haven't hosted a show Mm -hmm. uh in a long time and when we started this show i just really wanted to do a show that was about something i was interested in and uh when i met ian it all became clear that's you know we sat on my balcony drinking and smoking and when he left i said to my wife i said that's a show and it became uh, smoking, smoking toast. And for, you know, for better or worse, whatever yeah. whatever this show is, that's what so, it is. So what he's trying to say is, you guys are actually just watching us hang out, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> and and with, I, with a small amount of structure. And I met somebody who knew what they were talking about, and uh, boom, off we went. You know, so that's that's the way it is. But um, but I'm um, uh, thank you know thanks for thanks for saying that. And I'm um, I'm really optimistic about where. Uh, the show is headed. I think we're. I think we're going to have a great year, and I'm, I'm. I'm excited about it. And I'm, you know, I'm just thrilled that we've gotten to uh, do like not to, you know, not to blow smoke up your ass, but I'm just thrilled that we've gotten to meet, you know, people like you and you know our buddy Alan and and well, okay, not Alan, but no, no, but oh, I'm just kidding, Alan. Uh, but but no, I, I'm thrilled that some of the connections that we sure. have made and the people that we've, we've made a lot of good friendships, the people that we've gotten to hang with and become friends with. And, well, and, the whole and, the whole whiskey and i guess libation society if you will um is has been such a great thing like i remember meeting you briefly at the very first uh world of whiskey we went to yeah um, the the just, one yeah just briefly i met alan denny there that day as well and then and so many people 
that were reps and we were so new to the game at that point in time but those relationships that we started that day and then even some beyond have just grown and grown and you introduce us to people and and those people introduce us to people it's, it's crazy how great this network is yes it really is and by the way you've just given me uh, i always uh, i'll never actually have an autobiography but i enjoy like coming up with the title for what it would be and uh, you just gave me, and, then, and it changes about about every uh, couple of weeks. But my current autobiography title, if I were to write one, "Libation Society." Nice. That's a great <laughs> phrase. That would be a great. Wouldn't that be a great book? Sure, title? sure. I would read. I'd, I'd buy it sight unseen on Amazon <laughs> yeah, for the Kindle. Just boom. Um, okay, so um, before we uh, advance to the new riff single barrel that you sure. brought along, which I'm very excited about. Let me go over with you. There are, uh, I believe, 10 cigars on this list. They are ranked, I believe, in order. This is Cigar Aficionado's list. So if there is a publication in the world of cigars that probably is the most... Uh, prolific. Know, most prolific, most celebrated, maybe, most thought of as, most well as known. the leader, most well-known. Sure. He would be they're cigar well-respected as well. They are respected, and I, and I agree with that. I think that they, uh, I think that they are... Part of what started the cigar boom, or at least what got the cigar boom going uh, back in the 90s, and uh, they still exist today. I still subscribe. I like them very much. Um, Here's their top 10 for 2018. At number 10, the Nicaragua Series Robusto from Monte Cristo. I believe, I'm going to have to go look at this. This is not the AJ, um, but I believe AJ Fernandez develop this cigar for them. I'll have to go uh, look that up to see if I'm right. At number nine, the Alec Bradley Black Market Esteli Torpedo. How about that? So, yeah, Ian, you're right on time with that, <laughs> huh? Uh, at number eight, the Oliva Siri 5 Melanio Churchill. Love those. It's a Nicaraguan cigar. It's about a $14 cigar. Love those. Now, at number seven, the JFR Lunatic Habano Short Robusto. Have you had this one? What's a short Robusto? We're we talking four inches, five I, inches? I think it's five, yeah. I, I have only around. had the Lunatic and the 8x80. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I'm actually not joking about Jesus. that. Oh, your your yeah. mouth probably still smells like cigar. This is why I like hanging out with you, my friend. Uh, that was that was the cigar I brought on my <laughs> annual uh, brew club camping trip. This is the one where you floated Float down, down a in, river. Yeah. And I got out of the river and still had cigar left. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's brilliant. I sat down with Alan Denny and smoked an inch once. You know, the, yeah, they're, yes, they're, they're, inch, they're, they're a monster. Yeah. They're, they're great. They're, they're great. But I had sat down, smoked with him for two hours. And it was and still wa- burning. And it wasn't yeah. even half, it was See, halfway burning. burned. I love those. Yeah. Well, maybe this one I could recommend to you then. At number six, uh, the Arturo Fuente Hemingway Work of Art, which is a very short yeah, yeah. with the little nipple uh, foot. Uh, and it is a great cigar. Uh, the Hemingways are just good. Uh, number five, the That's H. Upman. a mini perfecto, I think is what they call it, right? Yes, a yeah. mini perfecto. Yes. Uh, the H. Upman Sir Winston is at number five. Now, I was looking at this initially. I was like, wait, how did an H. Upman that wasn't the AJ, that wasn't the banker, get on the... And then I'm... Oh, this is a Cuban H. Upman, so my bad. Uh, I, I'll be honest. No, I kind of get irritated that the Whiskey Advocate, an American magazine, mm-hmm. will put... Non-available cigars on the list. Well, absolutely. The uh, and cigar aficionado, whiskey advocate are the same uh, same company. And yeah, it it does. I mean, because in theory, let's say the top cigars of that year are but, all non-U.S. Yes. 
So you know they've got to think of that. And in and, and their mind, they think, okay, well, we definitely can't have a list where nothing's available in the U.S. Right. So that means they've got to compromise the list and list stuff that has to be. Kind of like when you do, like, uh, a movie and you want to make sure you include different races. and right. Regardless of acting ability. You right, and so it becomes a Benetton ad instead of a movie? Correct. Yeah. yeah. I, I so gotcha. in I my mind, it irritates me a little bit mm-hmm. when they list these beautiful cigars that you can't get here. Instead, you've got to hope that what you're buying at some resort in Mexico is exactly what. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I'll just say this now: you're absolutely right, and there may or may not be a Cuban cigar on my top three list that we'll get to. In the but that's second. okay. You're a person. <laughs> Th- these people are trying to sell cigars, yeah. right? It's okay. the whole reason they have advertisement. Okay. All right, you're just, you're just right. Of course, yeah. I'm just cruise being cruise, no, baby. No, I, I got it. I got it. At number four, the Padron Family Reserve. Number forty-four, the Natural. At number four, at number three, the Wise Man Maduro Robusto. I'm going to tell you, I've had a cigar from this line, but I'm not familiar with this cigar at all. The Wise Man. I don't know. That I one. think I picked one up when I was in San Antonio at that. Uh, uh, at that shop that I enjoyed so much there, that was uh, that was so good. Um, at number two, second or third list, we've seen this on the My Father La Opulencia, the Toro. And at number one, Alan Denny, you with us, brother? The he's EP, not watching. He's probably off somewhere. The EP Carrillo Encore Majestic from the Dominican Republic, and well. I'll say more about the cigar later, but <laughs> wow. I, I, I knew, we knew um, nine months ago. That uh, this was going to happen? Whenever Alan was, was first joining and, and he got these cigars in, I'll tell you exactly when. So the cigar came out. There's a, there's a, there's a super secret kind of gathering at, at this guy Randy Blank's house who's kind of the godfather of barrel picks. He was doing mm-hmm. barrel selections before Facebook. Mostly, right. mostly historically, barrel selections were done by restaurants. He was like the first guy to say, "Hey," one of the first guys to say, "Hey, I want, I want a whole barrel of Pappy Van Winkle myself." And he bought one. He was one of the, he was the first guy to buy a Lot B Van Winkle barrel all by itself before it became. And who knew that would actually be an investment? <laughs> he paid, he paid thirty dollars a bottle. Oh my gosh! And uh, he thought this is enough bourbon to last me my life. <laughs> And, and then his friends came over. And now yeah. the bottles are going for $3,000, $4,000 yeah. a piece online. Crazy. So so Randy does this gathering uh, February, March, April, sometime in the springtime. And Alan brought those in last year, beginning of 2018. Phenomenal smokes. He goes, you are, I want to say, and Alan can correct me or if, if I'm wrong or not, but I want to say I was either the second or third person to smoke the encore here in the wow. U.S., um, he brought some to this to this gathering, and we knew that he had a winner on his hands. He had something special. Oh yeah. man! Yeah. And 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 he'll tell you. He'll be the first to tell you. They did something like sixteen thousand cases, or not cases, but boxes, box mm-hmm. sales to stores all over the U.S. In a four-hour period, the moment that was announced. Well, their life is about to change. Yeah, they're backordered like because, crazy. Yeah, because these this cigar is just. Yeah. I'm I'm excited that I was able to buy one at Stogie's when I was there a couple of months ago and I mean, try it during 2018. You know, if anyone in the EP Carrillo organization watches this show, that's not Alan Denny. I'll tell you and this. By the way, some of them do. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, then I hope they hear this. Um, please don't do the Gurkha Patel thing. Oh my god, yes. 
you guys have something great. You guys have come a long way. You're producing. Let it be out of stock. Great sticks. You're, you're doing great. The La Historia, the Encore, phenomenal sticks. Uh, Alan gave me something new that they have coming out soon. Don't saturate the market with just because it has your name on it doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's gonna it's gonna hurt you long term. Yes. Uh, I love Rocky Patel. The 1990 and 1992 vintage were the mm-hmm. ones that got me into cigars. Mm-hmm. Yes. But they saturated the market the same way Gurkha did. You remember mm-hmm. when Gurkha got famous? Yes. Gurkha got famous because of good old Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I'll leave it at that. Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then they kind of saturated the market with... Yeah. And for a while, Gurkha was just garbage. Like Oh, sure. No, I mean, not for a while. They... I haven't had a great Gurkha in well, ten actually, years. I will tell you that uh, we have. We've yes. had the, uh, the signature. W- the signature series is Gurkha getting back on track. Okay, it is getting better. Yeah, but there was a there was a time where Gurkha <coughs> oh actually God. didn't make a bad cigar. Well, like. I used to get Gurkhas like <clears throat> uh, from like Cigars International mm-hmm. and other mail order places because they ran incredible deals on yep. them. And I'd had Gurkhas the that were really good. But I'd uh, had ones that were really good, so I would order these like multi-packs and there'd be like six different kinds in there and they'd all be awful yeah uh, maybe the flavor wouldn't be terrible but the construction the burn would be would awful, the construction awful. was garbage yeah. yeah and that was the biggest issue yeah. i had i remember when i got my hands on uh beauty and beast and when, yes. when beauty and beast came out those were Should 30 40 cigars i used yeah. to 30 40 dollar cigars i used mm-hmm. to buy those when they were on sale every time yep and they were fantastic and then one day i got a package of men it just fell apart. They were just terrible. Really yeah. fell apart. Yeah. yeah, really, really awful. All right, so um, this is um, this is an interesting list, and our our buddy Alan Denny, who works for uh, EP Carrillo, who I'm really surprised has not crashed the show himself once he found out you were on. Perhaps he's not around today. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, but anyway, Alan is a um, you know an employee of EP Carrillo, and his life's got to change in 2019 from getting this number one of the year rating in Cigar Aficionado. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about that cigar coming up. Uh, we also want to talk about what to expect for whiskey in 2019. And uh, speaking of whiskey, uh, let's let's try some of this new riff uh, before we close out this particular yeah. segment. Now, have you already poured some there? Or are you still yes, I did. I, I, okay. I jumped the gun. Because I, I see you've got brown liquid in your uh, in your glass. Yes, so. I'm, I'm a fan. So new riff right. is definitely the the... The thing to come, the, the the they're so small right now that they're struggling to get into Texas because the moment they hit Texas, they're gonna they're, <laughs> they're gonna, gonna blow up. They're gonna explode. blow up. Yeah. Um, but they are producing. Oh, I may have overpoured. Ian, I'll pass that to you. No such thing as an overpour. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, so they, they used to produce. I say produce this is from Kentucky. You said yes. They used to produce something called OKI. OKI. Um, uh, was sourced bourbon from Indiana. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. No issues whatsoever. Then they kind of ran out of stock. Uh, they're they're now producing their own distillate. It's four years old, and it's called New Riff. They actually play music and have speakers, subwoofers between the barrels to kind of now, vibrate those barrels. Okay, so it's not just Metallica. Sure. <laughs> it's not just Metallica. It's not just Metallica. It actually, it actually makes sense. Like you're talking about having a subwoofer. It's vibrational. That yeah. will actually move everything. Sure, around. it moves. Yeah, and yeah. bass is non-directional, so it doesn't matter. Like it, it, it comes out in a radius, not. Um, it comes out, you know, in the entire circle, not, uh, not like in a cardioid pattern or anything. New like titles for my autobiography. Geeky. Non-directional. Bass is non-directional. 
That's true. Yeah, that's new title for me. That's why when you, so. that's why when you pull up to an intersection, you hear a car with a lot of bass. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're not sure which direction it's coming from. Yeah, and and when you hear the car with a lot of bass, but it's blatting because he's playing it louder than his subwoofer can handle. Mm. You say yeah. blatting? Is that where it rattles the? Yeah, yeah. Or my you favorite thing kind of going. You can hear that. You yeah, can yeah. hear the uh, back license plate going. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So well, this is uh, it's four year old Kentucky this bourbon. This is wonderful, and it's by the fantastic. Way. It's, it's just wonderful. It's same mellow same price, and, mm. and it's it's I coming. I can't believe how much cinnamon I'm smelling in this mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. You guys had on my my good friend in um, my favorite local Texas distillery, Whitmire's, a couple episodes back. They were so awesome, and there, let me tell you that that whiskey they brought, wow. I know. I'm going to get uh, Jason's phone number to start <coughs> texting him on a regular basis. Do you have anything new yet? Who's Jason? Anything new yet? Anything yet? Travis? Oh, Travis. 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 Sorry, Travis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Travis. Travis. Travis is a great guy. And what I love about Travis is uh, he's a drinker. So there, there's no – you can be yourself around him, and it is what it is. Yep. There's no there's – no not a lot of pretense there. Pretense is the word mm-hmm. I'm looking no, for. There's not a lot of pretense. He's just a good old boy, mm-hmm. man. Travis is a good old boy. It, you know, a veteran that opens a distillery is one thing, um, but but just being the most down to earth guy and and enjoying company. That that's what this is whole, whole thing's about is enjoying company. Well, it, we talk about this with cigars. We talk about this with whiskey. <coughs> we talk about this with really it, what it really is about is community, sure, and, and company and friendship. And when you know, before we started the show, we enjoyed drinking and smoking cigars together, and that's that was really the whole idea for the show was let's carry some of that vibe. Uh, onto a onto a program, mm-hmm. you know, sure. and and it's. I hope people are drinking what, when they watch this. I hope they are. If they're yeah. not, they you know, hopefully we'll watch it later when they can, because uh, that yes. would be the only. thing And if would, not, we will drink for you. Them. Yes, and so this is not available. We're good like this, but do you think it will be? Yes, uh, I think within the next year or so, you'll see it in Texas full mm-hmm. distribution. That's it a might great be a little limited. Bottle too. Oh, it's gorgeous, gorgeous bottle. I don't know where the lid is. The mm. cork is sitting around here somewhere. There we go. Um, it's it's a it's a fantastic uh, four year old Kentucky bourbon. It's, it's very a, Kentucky profile. It's a little young, mm-hmm. you know. It's definitely a little young, but it's extremely promising because every other distillery I know that's four years <coughs> or younger in distillate doesn't taste like what you imagine bourbon tasting like. Right. This has got a real Kentucky profile. Kentucky is what vibe I like to, say, to it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. All right. When we come back for our final segment. Uh, what to expect for whiskey in 2019? I'll be interested to uh, to get your take on sure. on this from uh, what has been described. And Ian and I will unveil our personal list of our favorite cigars for the year for 2018. Ian, you're just you're just sitting there looking at your glass of New Riff. I'm enjoying it actually. <laughs> That's what's awesome. We'll be right back. Final segment of show number 120. This is Smoking and Toasting with our special guest, albeit unannounced, Chris Hart. <laughs> was that? I thought that was five segments. No, that was four. Five coming up. All right, I better slow down there. Unless I've been drinking too much whiskey. Do I sound a little? <laughs> Welcome back to. Uh, <laughs> Welcome back to uh, Smoking and Toasting. Okay, greatest show comment ever. What does it say? Uh, we were talking in the um, in the uh, between uh, segments. Uh-huh. We were talking about uh, reviews and stuff, and our friend Brian Coltrane says, we can review this bag of crap? <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you, Brian. Always good to uh, put things in perspective. We appreciate that. Okay, from Cigar Journal, I'm going to uh, really quick blaze through their top 25 list of cigars. 25? 25, yeah. That's why I said I'm going to blaze through it quick. Uh, 20, top 25 for uh, 2018. And then, Ian, I want to hear what you have to say. This is why I thought we should only do like three apiece. Okay. Because these guys are all very long-winded. I did three-ish. Um, Okay, that'll work. Uh, number 25, the Macanudo Inspirado White Toro, uh, which actually I did read some really good reviews of this year. So <laughs> you stop and you think, well, is that because Macanudo advertises in their magazine? But I, I think this one may be deserving. It is a, uh, a uh, Honduran uh, cigar. So nice to see Macanudo branching out a bit. At number 24, the La Flor Dominicana La Volcada. Churchill. I've not had the La Volcada, mm-hmm. but that's going to go on my uh, let's try it list. At number 23, the My Father La Opulencia Robusto, making that a uh, a near, like... That's unanimous Yeah, so a near unanimous entry so far. At uh, number 22, the Hoya Silver uh, Corona, remembering that uh, Hoya de Monterey was acquired by Drew Estate this year, so uh, that's very interesting. Uh, the La Aurora Ordeage 2017 Toro at number 21. At number 20, the Tatuaje RC, number 3. At number 19, the Placencia Alma del Campo Travicia. Uh, I'm not familiar with this cigar, but I haven't smoked a lot of Placencias this year. Going to have to definitely add that to the rotation. At number 18, the Brick House Double Connecticut Corona Larga. At number 17, the Vegas del Purial Grand Reserva Bellicosto. I'm going to admit to you I've never heard of this cigar. Uh, no, so no. this will go on my list of things to try to hunt down. Jorge, are you with us? Do you have this in your shop? <laughs> We'll have to come. We'll have to come find out. At number sixteen, a cigar I've had and enjoyed many times this year, uh, the Ramon Ayones by AJ Fernandez, the Toro. Uh, again, I'm I'm an AJ fanboy. You called me out on it earlier, uh, Ian, and you're correct. At number fifteen, we mentioned this uh, earlier, Chris, the Gurkha Heritage Maduro Toro. Oof. The Gurkha Heritage series is really good. I'll give it a try. All right, give it a try. I'll be interested. You can come back on the show and do your review. In fact, that'll be your assignment for for next time you're on the show. That and bringing the uh, single malts we were talking about. That is seriously hazy. (laughs) Oh, man. At number 14, the Bespoke Limited Edition uh, uh, Spalato. Sorry. I'm not familiar with that cigar. I definitely will be trying it. At number 13, the Vega Fina Classic Year of the Pig. I'm familiar with Vega Fina, but not with the Year of the Pig. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm excited by this list because it's giving me some new things to try. Uh, At number 12, the Balmoral Añejo Exo Oscuro Rothschild Massivo. At number 11, the La Galera Habano Supremo Petite Figurado. A very, very short cigar. It looks very interesting. I want to try it, but I haven't. I want to say I've had that. I've had some it's La Galera. Right, right. I mean, it's a really tiny short. cigar. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Have, you, have you been fishing recently? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar Valadares Cicerone Edition at number 10. At number 9, the Alec Bradney. Alec Bradley, Presnado, Lost Art Torpedo. Yeah. I've had this cigar. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful cigar. Glad to see it made the list. At number eight, the Villager, La, Ves- La Vencedora Robusto. This is a different Villager than what was on the last list. And, you know, these guys, Villager was known for their, like, machine-made, like, lower-end cigars for years. They've only in recent years kind of stepped cautiously into the premium cigar market. So it would be interesting to see. Yeah. At number seven, the Partagas Series Number One Edition Limitada 2017 looks very similar 
to the Partagas uh, Serie D that I talked about and reviewed in a previous uh, show. At number six, the Davidoff Nicaragua box press 60 by 6. At number five, the Perdomo Habano bourbon barrel aged Epicure Sun Grown. Haven't tried this particular Perdomo, but Perdomo's done some good cigars this year. At number four, the Pappy Van Winkle Tradition Robusto Grande. Pappy being done by our friends from uh, Drew Estate. Uh, at number three, the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series Soberano Maduro AT. Um, it's just a great looking cigar. I'm just looking at this picture and it's almost mouth watering. All the Padron Anniversary Series. At number two, the AJ Fernandez Enclave Broadleaf Churchill. A fantastic cigar. You and I, Ian, earlier, very early in 2018, mm-hmm. uh, went to a Stogie's event yep. where AJ Fernandez was there. Uh, I tried talking to him, had to use the in- interpreter, uh, but he was a very, very nice guy. I bought a box of those cigars yep. at that event, and they were just absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. One of the high points of the year for me. At number one on this list, the Rocky Patel Grand Reserve uh, Toro, first presented in April 2018 as part of the Mountain on Fire event in the Austrian Alps, and it's currently exclusively available in Europe. See, I'm kind of with you. Why do they do that? What? Uh, so I got yeah. so excited to see Rocky Patel on there. Is there a cigar of the year? So excited to see Rocky Patel on there, and then to find out halfway through, oh, I can't ever get you my hands on that. You can't ever get it. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. No cigar exactly. for you. That's that noise. <laughs> Ian, uh, we're going to uh, sample a beer here, and uh, I'd love for you Which to beer talk is about this? your, this is, uh, talk about so your list. This is the double dry hopped uh, Operation Drop. Now, I, t- I said earlier that Parrish is the uh, spindle tap of, of Louisiana. This is a collaboration between them two. This between is Spindle Tap and Parish? Yes. They wow. did a beer together and wow. released a little bit here, a little bit there. And to me, this reminds me. Now, I don't know if you – I'm sure you'll you, – I'm knowing your background in, in music and drinking, I'm sure you'll remember this. Do you remember those little thin six-ounce cans of pineapple juice? Yes. Yeah. That's what this reminds me of. You know, you're absolutely right. Those little bitty cans. You get them in bars all the time. Uh-huh. Anytime you make a cocktail with got pineapple the little, juice, they do the little, the little peel off. The little top. peel off. Yeah, top. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. This is exactly what this reminds me of. A- except it's beer and it's delicious. This beer. is outstanding. Like so, the balance like, on this is so good. The finish on mm, this is mm. old fermented fantastic. pineapple juice. Uh, I love it. I love it. That's okay. See, this is what makes this hard because we've had so many really good juicy IPAs on one show. It's hard to five. We're still <laughs> we're still gonna have to try the uh, uh, Ghost the, in the Machine, the formerly frozen. Yeah, uh, Ghost the in the Machine, formerly frozen. Uh, Ian, talk to me about your uh, favorite. Ian and I agreed to do a list of three. I'm getting the impression he may have reneged on the number. Sometimes three is hard to come by. <laughs> All right. Um. So well, I have. Okay. So I'll go with three and a couple honorable mentions. Okay. How's fair that? enough. Fair enough. So I'll go three, two, one, and then I'll give some honorable mentions. I would say, and I uh, I look back at some of the stuff that I've reviewed and things, and I found um, I'm a little conservative with my ratings, and that's okay. And I think that's, that's good. good. That's um, good because you're not sitting there like giving out eight point yeah. fives to like uh, you know black Everybody. and miles and stuff. So probably number three on my list. You, you picked up on that. He gave it a nine, I believe. <laughs> I think it was a nine. Probably number three on my list is going to be the Rocky Patel Edge A10. Mm. I gave that a seven. That was episode one hundred and five. If anyone wants to go back and listen to that uh, review, that was uh, that was such a good cigar. I smoked that at uh, Casa de Monte Cristo. As a matter of fact, I think that was uh, 
one of their recommendations that day. Mm-hmm. Um, outstanding cigar. I've had a couple since then. Um, absolutely enjoyed it. Um, uh, let's see. The uh, the next number two is uh, is uh, the inch Ringmaster. Wow, Inter- so interesting! I just that love you that cigar. really did love that cigar. It's such a good that. cigar. I love the big smokiness. I love the ridiculousness of the size. It doesn't really like. I, I have if I sit down to smoke a cigar, like you were talking about, how long it takes to smoke one. Sure, I'm okay with that. When I sit down to smoke a cigar, I am committing that time, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Like if my cigar forces me to commit more time, I think I'm okay with that. Actually, so uh, so I really enjoy that Ringmaster, not only for the flavor, but just because like. The, the time it takes, everything about it, it's a great constructive cigar. I've I've had three or four of them now, and the construction is amazing every single time. The draw mm-hmm. is amazing. The flavor is amazing. And the, the amount of smoke that comes out is great for smoke rings. Oh, and, yeah. You know, no kidding. Left yeah. my own devices. I'll entertain myself. <laughs> so... <laughs> Which is one of the things your wife always loves about you. Right. Like, uh, so. You don't have to entertain me. I got yeah. this. Um, so, uh, the number one, I think... Uh, favorite of all these is actually the Partagas Series D, and I uh, reviewed that on episode 106. I gave that a 7 rating as I well. remember that. No, no that's and a I Cuban mean, I think you were here. I'm in agreement. No, I don't think no, it was on the Alan episode. Alan Denny was here. Because uh, we look the same. up all the time because that's you fine. look exactly the same. We look exactly the same. <laughs> um, I set that joke up. I'm sorry. That but I watched that episode. I'm a huge fan of Partaga- Partagas. Yes. I'm, I'm a, it's a huge fan. And, um, and that was the number 4 Series D, and it was just outstands everything you want in a cuban cigar this is a cuban cigar you can get it if you if you you know order from the right place whatever this is not a you can't get this um a couple honorable mentions the diesel rabbit hole i'm so surprised that diesel made your honorable mention uh it rated a number seven that was episode 115 not a diesel fan that was not Uh, that far ago i like them i just find them to be a bit more one note. They are very one yeah. dimensional. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll agree with that. They're very one dimensional, but that's when a good you're in the mood for something with a lot of power, though. They're a good place to that's, go. It's a great dimension on there. And then uh, episode eighty uh, was, I think, last time we had uh, Chris on here, and the honorable mention goes to a. Uh, I gave it an eight to nine rating. Was the black and mild? The black and mild gets so that made your top three too. That, by made, the way. that made the honorable Whoa. mention. Mm. Um, it made it made honorable mention just because it was a fun cigar and it was a sixty cent cigar. <laughs> well, I will uh, I will just affirm and attest that there was no collaboration between you and I on these lists. We did not talk about what we were picking. We did not talk about any things that were on or off limits. We just I, we just said, hey, let's do these lists, and we said, okay. Um, so with that in mind, uh, my number three was the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez Toro. Now, A.J. Can I predict that A.J. Fernandez is going to be number two and number one? Uh, no, actually, he's <laughs> only on this list once, and he's at number three. However, I could easily have put the Enclave Broadleaf right, here. Right, right. The reason I didn't, and the reason I held this to only one, uh, and the reason this was the one that made the list, is this was essentially my go-to cigar for 2018. Mm-hmm. And the reason it was the go-to uh, instead of the Enclave Broadleaf is because it's about $2.50 a stick cheaper. Oh, wow. And it is maybe just point zero one behind it in terms of flavor and complexity gotcha. so so it winds up being a better deal one i was able to smoke more often and one that never disappointed me with the one exception of one box of them that i got where uh and i blame this on up and not on aj uh where they use a little too much of the glue, glue 
in the band, and it caused. The, I remember. Uh, yeah, you mentioned caused that. It, they still tasted fantastic, but the but it messed with the construction in the final third. Uh, so that's my number three. Number two, and I swear to you. I did this before I saw the Cigar Aficionado list, uh, the E.P. Carrillo Encore Majestic. I had bought one of these um, at Stogie's, and it was sitting in my uh, humidor. And we had Alan on the show, and he was talking about it, and we were talking about how, uh, how big the reviews had been for it. And I smoked it one night while watching a couple of episodes of the first season of The Man in the High Castle on Amazon Prime, <laughs> which is Fucking amazing, by the way, if you're not watching that. Um, First F-bomb of the show. It just absolutely blew my mind, this cigar. And I I remember, uh, you know, texting Alan going, are you kidding me? Like, that's how good it was. It was just just a a beautiful and wondrous moment. Um, And that's my number two. At number one, and Ian, I swear to God, I'm so surprised. Uh, the Partagas Serie D number four from Cuba. That's hilarious. Uh, and so my story behind the Serie D is that um, Aaron, my stepson, um, bought one of these for me while he and his wife were traveling through uh, uh, through Europe. Brought it back from their trip, gave it to me. I said, oh, this is great. I'm going to keep this for Adam's wedding. I smoked this at Adam's wedding reception in Mexico. And you know it was one of those situations where I'd had an amazing amount of cigars, an amazing amount of, you know, rum and other things. And I was not expecting anything to blow my mind at that point, and it did. And uh, so that's uh, so that's my number one. I apologize for that's, putting the Cuban at number one. That's funny. We both did, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, but, but I had no idea you were going to do that. Now, we would have let you know, but you, you know, podcast our show. Do you have a, a short list yeah, of do you have, yeah, right. favorites? A short list of cigars. Uh <laughs> Things you really enjoyed in uh, 2018, and by the way, these are not all 2018 releases. They're just right. what I was smoking in 2018. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you. I can put together a three most impressionable. Mm-hmm. I started off 2018 on Leaf. Oh, Leaf! I had Oscar. a I had a, a a love affair with Leaf that lasted about 18 months, and I, I still love it. The Corojo is is a fantastic smoke. I recommend. You were it a big often. fan of Leaf this year too, weren't you? Uh, the Leaf Maduro, I think, is just. Outstanding. It's just a solid smoke, and mm-hmm. it's a, and I think it's like seven, eight bucks. Yeah, that's right on crazy. point. Yeah. And then it's kind of wrapped cool because it's got the gnarly leaf around it. And I'd give it a seven. Everything about price it is quality. Price quality. Yeah. I love it. I great love draw, it. great smoke, yeah. great experience, and it's, and it's a lot for the money. Seven, yeah. eight. Yep, yep. exactly, yep. absolutely. Um, the E.P. Carrillo Encore. Uh, you know, I know me and Alan kind of give each other a hard time, but that cigar made a big impression to me. I was buying boxes of that stuff. Um from stogies in houston uh early on this year and was just blown away by it i couldn't stop giving it away i wanted everyone i knew to try <laughs> the encore and uh i i same thing i'd give it about a six and a half to seven it's a little yep. bit on the more pricey side but still nine mm-hmm. ten bucks a stick ain't nothing to shake it you know ain't no big deal uh and then lastly i'm gonna give it to, to, to stogies picks so stogies does their own releases this mm-hmm. year and they did mm-hmm. something called guardian guardian of the farm mm-hmm. guardian for the oh, farm yeah. so guardian, guardian of the, the farm, farm yeah. they're the ones that have the little uh little like pup the little on it pup yeah. on the label yep so they i'm not a lancero fan in general but <clears throat> i've had some great lanceros from from stogies from their their stogies Jorge H- H- stogies is a lancero fan h h town exclusives have been fantastic so fantastic. I, i'm gonna give it to those best experiences <laughs> for the year fantastic awesome all right. Well, as we, I, I noticed we've all gone back to the whiskey 
to the uh, or the rum to the, you got a little rum in here. Oh, you're you're rum. All right. Uh, well, while we uh, while we round things out, we have one more beer. Is that right? Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Yeah. Believe this it is, or not. It's the one I've been waiting for because this honestly. Will this beer actually answer the question? What do we do with a drunken sailor? <laughs> if if you'll open this one. See, I, I thought you were going to say, "Will it answer the question of the meaning of life?" But I think that might perhaps be easier to find. <laughs> Than the answer to what do we do with the drunken sailor? I'll tell you what this is for me. Uh, there have been many great hazy IPAs nice. that have come out since yep. this was done. Mm-hmm. Some do arguably better. Mm, sure. Yeah. There you go. I will say this is Anchorman the first time you saw it. Oh, Anchorman the first the time. The first time you saw it. That's really good. It may not hold up compared to some new releases since, mm-hmm. but it's a classic. Speaking of which, by the way. Uh, do not, and, and I'm, I haven't seen it, but I'm basing this on what I've read. Do not try to waste your time with Holmes and Watson. Apparently, I'm gonna. I have to watch an it. Absolute turd. Apparently, I heard it's an absolute turd. Yeah. So, so, and here's the thing about that. Um, Will Will Farrell and uh, what's his name? The other uh, guy, uh, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. They they became famous in the mid two thousands for being the silly guys, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That shtick gets old after a while, mm-hmm. like re releasing or doing Anchorman two ten and, years after and the three. first. <laughs> and was there a third? I think there is. Is there an Anchorman I don't three? Know. See, that's I lost interest. So, there so may be. the shtick gets old. That, that's right. why Vince Vaughn's not famous anymore because right. the bro that his typical. He was awesome, but yes. Uh-huh. For that time period, for a quick old school was hilarious. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, for that six year period, Swingers was brilliant. Swingers was back when he was not pigeonholed yet. Right, he, he became pigeonholed in two thousands. Agreed with uh, uh, Talladega Nights and all the Will, mm-hmm, Will Ferrell mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a watch Holmes and Watson. I'm not expecting anything great. Uh, uh. But uh, I gotta watch it. I, I'm a fan. It's like that band that continually releases shit, but you still are such a f- diehard. F- or the TV show. Did you ever see Smallville? I well, thought you were going with REM. I, I was just like, uh, <laughs> a, there, there's a. See, I used to love REM. What happened to them in the end? <laughs> yeah. I will. Once I become a fan of something, I will. Um, I will ride it out. Yeah. No matter what comes out, I will buy it. I will listen to it. Mm-hmm. Smallville was a show that came out about Superman in two yeah, thousand. I remember Smallville. Two thousand and two. Yeah. Dean Cain. I no, 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 no. Um, oh no, no, no. You're right. Dean Cain was Lois and Clark. Yeah, yeah. He was Lois and Clark, and that went to shit too. But I watched <laughs> it to the very end. Um, I will watch anything Will Ferrell puts out. Even if I am not expecting much from well, it, I gotta watch it. So you gotta next time you're back on. You if, talk if my about wife well. can, if my wife can stay with me for 12, 13 years, <laughs> I, I can, I can stay faithful to my favorite comedians. I, it, it brings to light the fact that I watch so little TV. Yes, uh, but, but you're a movie guy, though. You'll see. Movies. I watch. Yeah, yeah I it's watch a movie. You watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. What do you think I, about I got this through year? The first season. I've read all the books. Uh, way before the movies came out, and now apparently the movies are, or the shows are f- ahead of the books. Yeah, uh, but um, no, I watched the first I think season and a half of it, and then I just went, "Man, this is nothing like the book." So, <laughs> as is almost always, the so case. I kind of just went meh with it because meh. All right, well, uh, before um, we, but I'm like apparently the only guy. Right? Before we mail in a meh for uh, 2018 or 2019, for that matter, uh, let's talk a little bit as we get ready to sip this final IPA, this juicy. Bomb, 
from Parish Brewing that I don't know. I, I'm really interested to see what you guys say. I, I'm, it, to me, because I'm classic. over here loving life. It, it's it's I I'm very much enjoying it. Sometimes when my wife makes something really amazing for dinner, like you know, cooks like some amazing dish, and I'm like not saying anything just because I'm eating, you know, and she'll be like, "How you doing over there?" <laughs> and I just look at her and go, "I'm loving life," <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel. With this IPA, I think this is true. Like tremendous. every bit of this experience mm-hmm. is outstanding. The carbonation is dead on. And oh, I, sure. I just want to recognize like, you, by the way, for being like absolutely like sailing right through this IPA centric <laughs> episode. Because this is not your forte. This would be like not it, really. Like if you However, did a barley wine show. Like I like them, but like yeah. Okay, so the first IPA we tried, I liked it. Okay, the second one I didn't like very much at all. As a matter of fact, I still have some of my glass there. I didn't it's like it. The at all. Atticus. Um, that one? No, the third one. Sorry, I like the first two. The third one. This one. Yes, that one. You, yeah. You're not a fan no, of. Yeah, I don't yeah. like that. that that's the one that we both agreed had a bit of could, hot burn on it. Yeah, I liked, I, it better than, I liked it better than both of them. Couldn't finish sure. that. The uh, collaboration, I thought, was fantastic. outstanding. Yeah, Absolutely fantastic. outstanding. But, but so see, where would you put this one? This in the, is outstanding. But see, remember, like I like IPA. Like IPA is a balanced guy. IPA's got me into <laughs> drinking craft beer uh, even deeper than I was originally, um, but that was at the beginning when people were just barely putting out IPAs, and I thought, wow, this is a great new style. This is awesome. And then when all of a sudden it caught when on- it became the thing. And yes. everyone just made beers that tasted like pine cones, I was like, I'm done with this. Like, I'm over it. But I love a good balanced IPA, and there's some companies that do it. Like almost anything Stone puts out, I'm gonna try. Dogfish, and head. I'm probably gonna like it. Dogfish, oh head. man, that was yeah. one of my first loves in craft. Yeah, beer. absolutely. They're, they're mm-hmm. 90 minute IPA. Raison d'être, bro. Raison oh, that's, d'être. That's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Reason for living. Reason for life. <laughs> um, but their their 90 minute IPA, I still think, is one of the best in class. Yes. Like in existence uh their their 120 minute ipa i love it every single time of course that's ridiculous and probably in a different category um this right here is is definitely a best in class this, uh, it's got everything that i hate about ipas but it's so balanced that it's amazing you know what this does for me this makes me really really glad that i live in a state that borders louisiana this yeah. has you know because a little more carbonation that i generally want but yep. it's perfect for this beer yeah, no it, it has a little out. more dank than i want but it's perfect for this beer it mm-hmm. has a little more piney aftertaste that i want but again it's so well balanced that it doesn't matter this beer is outstanding wow. so chris i gotta tell you and i've kept all my beers oh, in the bag I'm full i'll tell you that much but you have really you have really shown up with some quality uh quality show material here all right so that being said top three guests of 2018 oh. <laughs> do i have to rank them uh oh for sure oh, oh okay. listen <laughs> or if you want an encore no pun intended uh, uh, uh. <laughs> i knew i would come and i'd buy your love like a stepfather yes, hoping yes. to get in all right let me see if i can wiggle out of this one uh rocky patel <laughs> yeah, that Did was you have Rocky cool. Patel on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, was, we, that was at a, a lounge, right? Yeah, actually, we had Rocky on. And to be honest, I'm actually Vegas cheating. got him. Uh, That's right. We went Vegas to Vegas, too. and it actually was last. It was 2017, so uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't really count. Uh, but it was very end of 2017. It, yeah, yeah, very end of 2017. Um, that well, was the best discontented sigh I've ever heard, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just... 
I'm just wondering if we should have you and Alan come on together again. Uh, together and, and have you yell at us like you did on the episode together. with? Uh, oh, come yeah. on, I wasn't yelling. I wasn't yelling. <laughs> he I, he held am, us accountable, which I, I am, love. By the way, I, am, I absolutely <laughs> love that. I am very passionate about this issue, which I think you know. I loved. I loved that it was. Did over- you hear him go off about the Dilly Dilly campaign last yes, week? Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> uh, and you know, I saw those ads again this week, and I'm like, Oh yeah, my reason for living is going to be to bring them down. Uh, that's that's. <laughs> That's what I've decided. I, I, I loved the you know the, these most of these gatherings are very jovial. I enjoyed having me and Alan on and, and us kind of having just like a almost you're, an argument. You're kind I of think, an instigator, though I've noticed. I think that no was more way. Oh yeah. How? <laughs> yeah. I think that was a very important episode of the show. I really I, do. I, I, I do too. I, I really will agree do. with I, you. I think it was an important topic that people perhaps, cared about. Perhaps one of the more important shows that we've done because we really did examine all sides of that argument. And for those of you who are not familiar, I do encourage you to go back and, and check it out. It's the episode where we talk about uh, the real, I think the name of the episode is The Real Story with Nat Sherman. Sure. And uh, we talk about all of the stuff that sort of you know ballooned up surrounding the um the legislation which and none of this is resolved yet by the sure, way sure sure it's all still it's all still out What's there the but instigator bit about well you like to say things that are going to get him worked up <laughs> like I, i've seen i've seen name one <laughs> name one well that whole episode nat sherman <laughs> yeah sure so uh, there is something that i'll uh, uh off air off air i'm gonna hold your feet to the fire a little bit there's okay. something that i i remember you being against mm-hmm. and i've since become for and i missed the transition from this isn't politics is it no no no, no okay, it's okay. cigar related okay so there there was something early on that you would i think i think if i remember correctly had originally condemned well in the cigar community and then have since changed well, your mind about you you should know that i reserve the right to be wrong at any time oh i'm right i, I said this on this week's episode i'm wrong all the time ask yeah. my wife it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> all right so you're also right a lot so let me run down this quick list of expectations for 2018 in whiskey sure and i'm interested to get your take on it and then you've got your own take i think which may have nothing to do with what's in this list but um the author of this uh, of this uh, which i believe was in forbes where i found it um what to expect for whiskey in 2019 says knowing the nature of the whiskey industry it's impossible to fully predict what 2019 will bring uh yet a deep look at uh what came in 2018 can help predict 2019 here's what to expect the first item on the list discontinuations uh, he says the biggest news of whiskey in 2018 came over summer when Japanese whiskey maker Suntory announced they'd be discontinuing their famed Habiki 17-year-old and Akushi 12-year-old expressions. The news went viral. Drinkers brought up as many bottles as they could. Prices on the secondary market skyrocketed. Um, discontinuations becoming a thing. What do you think? I think we will continue to see some discontinuations. Um, I think... That every distiller, <coughs> producer, um, distillery is aware of the secondary market and is now incorrectly perceiving uh, how they should be in shaping their releases based around what they expect so, to happen. So you think they're actually looking at their releases based on what might happen with them in the secondary That's market. correct. And I actually know that to be a fact. That's not a matter of opinion. I know Heaven Hill. Wow. I know Whistlepig. Uh, when you release a five hundred dollar <coughs> whiskey, uh, why? 
It's 13 years old. It's 14 years old. Even if it's 15 years old, why are you releasing a $500 whiskey? There are uh, plenty of brands who are looking at the secondary market and trying to uh, reasonably guess what they would expect. If they, let's say, we know this whiskey would reasonably be priced at X amount of dollars. Right. We think it'll go for. I love watching Ian slowly reach in for the bottle. <laughs> We think it'll go for X amount more on secondary. This is what we're going to release it as. So, Chris, let me ask you this. Um, I was invited by you to a gathering with uh, Dave Pickerel before yep. he passed. It was awesome. Uh, he'd been, and we talked about it there, too, but I think. He'd been on our show. He'd been on your show. Uh, and uh, a very small group of people got together uh, over at Stogie's. Cigars and coffee. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, cigars and coffee. We all had a good time uh, smoking. Alan Denny was there. We hung out. And one of the things we were gifted at that was a very small bottle of the Whistle Pig uh, Boss Hog, the next iteration, the next release. Correct. Uh, I believe it was the fifth release. It was the Spirit of Moth. Right. Um, so I, I, I talked to Dave about it. Um, I, I, I think w- to answer your question, we will continue to see some age statements on some crazy whiskeys go away. Okay. But Japanese whiskey went through a explosion about... A year and a half ago, uh, actually, it ended about a year and a half ago. I don't think it's as crazy. I don't yeah. think it has the following it used to have. I don't think it's that great. There were not that many expressions to begin with that were super well loved. So once you get rid of two or three, it's pretty much dead. By the way, I'm watching The Man in the High Castle. They're drinking a lot of Japanese whiskey on there, and it makes me keep going back to the bar and going, I need more Japanese whiskey. I, oh. I think Japanese, and Japanese is doing the Rocky Patel thing. They're releasing mm-hmm. a lot of Japanese. The country as a, as a whole is releasing a lot of stuff that's not even really Japanese, and a lot of people are kind of over it. I, I think you're going to continue to see age statements go away on some. I I, I think we're, re- and I mentioned this off air, I think we're, we're reaching a precipice with, with whiskey brands. I think we are on the verge of a lot of stuff that doesn't deserve your attention finally going away. Okay, so I want to come back to that, and I want to come back to age statements. Okay. Uh, but let me first walk back to... The uh, whistle pig conversation. Okay. So when we met with Dave, we got these little um, at the, at the invitation event that you sponsored. Um, we got these little bottles of the whistle pig boss uh, hog. Boss hog uh, the spirit of moth. Spirit of moth. Um, when Dave passed, that Tragic. that following weekend, I had a couple of friends over that weekend uh, who were familiar with whistle pig, and we opened my little, you know. Bottle of uh, uh, of this uh, of this whistle pig, which my understanding was that it was going to be a five hundred dollar bottle. The full size bottle would be a five hundred dollar bottle of whiskey. Sure. So we opened it and drank it. I'm going to tell you something. That was some outstanding it's, whiskey. It's good. It's really good. But it when was you really good, when you look at the breakdown uh, of what goes into a cost of, <coughs> historically, what goes into determining the price of a shelf price of a whiskey, mm-hmm. it was. Exorbitantly priced. Well, I'm not saying it and wasn't overpriced. I'm just saying now, it was. That very being said, good. it is extremely good, and the opinions on it have always been that it's fantastic. There's been no, no uh, deviation, and uh, there's no dichotomy there. People know it's good. It is good, but it's 
it was heavily but you're influenced. You're saying is it five hundred dollars good? It's not five hundred dollars good. Okay. Uh, one of the next predictions for twenty nineteen is the growth of uh, NAS or the steady acceptance yeah, the of no yes, statement. no age statement whiskey. That's gonna happen. Yeah. That's yeah. been happening already. Bourbon, not so much. Mm-hmm. I think bourbon still heavily relies on age statements to be uh, a massive growth. I think there may be plenty of stuff released without an age statement. Uh, but Scotch will continue that trend for sure. Why okay. is why is bourbon different? Uh, that's a great question. Part part of it has to do with the uh, the the ho- there's a lot of um, it's like Star Wars. The fans, yeah, of course, it is. The fans of Star Wars know Star Wars, and they right. know and they know what goes into an age statement, how hard it is to come out with an age statement. If you are Buffalo Trace or some brand that's been around for 200 years that has been, I think, uh, no one's ever corrected me on this, so I may be wrong, but I think Buffalo Trace is laying down a 1,000 barrels a week of distillate. They are a factory. They're pumping it up, yeah. There's no reason they can't release an age statement. Now, if they, for a certain price point, past a certain price point, an age statement is going to be that that factor that closes the deal for the the masses, but below a certain price point, it doesn't need an age statement. I, I think for bourbon, you're going to continue to see your typical, you know. And with bourbon, you actually have to have an age statement if it's under four years old. So knowing that if something's being released without an age statement, it's at least four years old is kind of a quiet, understood age statement. And you, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If if I release something and it doesn't have an age statement, you know it's at least four years old. Right. With scotch, you don't know that at all. Right. And, uh, yeah, I think it's it's scotch drinkers are more picky, but it's still going to keep happening, especially with Ardbeg. But, but I, will, I will say some of the best scotch I've had this year has been no age statement. No age statement. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of good stuff I out mean, there. I mean, there's been some amazing things so, I've tried. Okay, just addendum to that. What about bottled and bond? You see that on things like you didn't used to see Hold that on. as much. Look, I'm going to answer that, but Wade just chimed in, which I can't believe Wade's even watching. Ah, this. I love Wade. Wade doesn't watch or listen to podcasts. Wade is the man, and, and I'm in agreement with him. He said 129 dollar plus bottles of non-distiller produced bourbon. What that means is sourced bourbon. Mm-hmm. If I, as a business, Go out and find bourbon. Source the bourbon elsewhere. Sure. Yes. That yes, bourbon sure. cost me, let's say, what would work out to $50 a bottle. And by the time it gets to market, it's $130 plus. He said, we'll absolutely mark the downfall of this era and usher in the next glut. And i that's what I'm saying. That's my whole point in the statement. I think 2019 is the era of reckoning, of reckoning of brands who have been putting out Who've been taking advantage of the consumer, not purposely, well, but have been pushing the boundary. But a little who've bit. been, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like okay. it's like when you invite me over to your house for dinner one night, and you wine and dine me, and you take care of me, and I, and you have, I've come over. There's a platter of shrimp laid out, right? <laughs> now, if I asked you for that night, hey, Cruz, I've had too much to drink. Can I stay the night? You say yes, and then I say, hey, you have to sleep in the chair, but sure. Yeah. But but if I said the next night, I said, hey. You know, it's a long drive back. Do you mind if I stay one more night? You'd be like, "What's going on here?" I'd be like, "I'm sorry, are you the lead singer in a band." Yeah, that's I, what. I, <laughs> I, I, what's the term? Pushing, put. Uh, you're overstaying your welcome. Right. Exactly. And I think that with bourbon producers, they've been pushing the boundary for quite some time. 
and you think maybe they pushed it just a little too long. I think 2019 well, Wade, is it. And Wade has a has a um, what do you call it? Uh, an issue. He's he's pushing the agenda of making sure that these companies are transparent, transparent sure. as to where they're getting their whiskeys and things like that. So if you say, "Hey, I'm a Texas whiskey," you've got to be made in Texas. Those kind of things. Look, I, I absolutely love I love Caleb Kilburn and a Peerless, but Peerless produces a rye whiskey that is uh, two years old for $120. And they go all out. Uh, this is a fantastic product for what it is. No complaints. It's a good... Is it worth $120? No. And that's the problem. They go all out. And for those and I, for those who, who don't know, typically what happens, the chain of events, is that when a product costs something from a, a distillery, by the time it gets to market, it's 25 to 30% each level. Mm-hmm. So if you see something for, let's just keep it easy, easy numbers, $100, $100. on the shelf, $100. That means it costs that store probably $70. Right. There's a 30% markup mm-hmm. from the yeah, store. And, it and co- the store has to make money or they of don't course. exist. Of know? course, yes. And it costs that retailer, or sorry, the distributor, $30 or $30 less, right? So you add 30% to each markup. Mm-hmm. They spend $8 just for the top. The, the, the Just for the top, the cap, the cork. Yeah. Okay. So what happens is is you by the time it leaves the supplier and gets to the distributor, that's on a 30% on top of that $8. That's, that's $11. By the time it gets to the, the retailer, it's another 30%. That's another it's a $15 of your price tag on the shelf. That $120 bottle of rye would be $105 if not just for the top. Okay, so then talk to me about something like Buffalo Trace. Okay. Right? Which you can buy for 20 something dollars just about anywhere for their, you know, for the How do these guys do it? So part of most brands uh, most brands that come out that's building a brand, they have to account for marketing, a marketing right. budget. Right. Buffalo Trace has been around 200 years. They don't have to have a marketing budget. Right. So they have always adopted a literal zero marketing budget. I when they come to the social, I pay for that. I pay for their table. It costs me <laughs> about a thousand dollars just to have them there, just to have Buffalo Trace. Yeah, at the I social. don't. I, if I if I told them it would cost them, they wouldn't pay for it. They wouldn't be there, and so, I want them to be there. So, and, and tell me if I'm asking questions I shouldn't ask. Are there other brands who are paying for their table? Yeah, yeah, all brands pay for the table. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So most brands are trying to push a product and advertise to the consumer. Right. And. Uh, let me let me go back. I'm giving I'm giving applause. I'm not I'm not shitting on uh, Buffalo Trace. Right. Buffalo Trace. Well, obviously you wanted them there badly enough to gladly the table. gladly right. do it. I'm glad right, to do right. it. I'm a huge fan, and and most people who are into bourbon know and love Buffalo Trace. Mm-hmm. So Buffalo Trace um, has taken the policy that we are not going to. I I use the word rape, but rake over the coals we're not our consumer take advantage take of, advantage the of consumer. our consumer yeah. yeah yeah so buffalo chase refuses to raise their prices on their product so they they'll keep their product at 23 dollars a bottle buffalo trace makes a beautiful product called buffalo trace mm-hmm. 23 dollars a bottle it's unbelievable for it's the price. unbelievably price, good it's unbelievable absolutely yes. and they refuse to raise the price same thing on E.H. Taylor. Same thing on, on O.W.A., Weller 12. Weller 12. Weller 12. The yes. highly coveted Weller 12. Mm-hmm. They could be making $50 a bottle at retail, but they but they refuse to raise the price. But if you refuse to raise the price, that means you also have to have next to nothing in marketing. Right. 
So and Buffalo Trace can get away with this because they're of how Trace. well known they are as right. Buffalo Trace. Right? When when a brand gets to the point that they no longer have to care about marketing, they can just care about the consumer. That's Buffalo Trace. They refuse to Eagle Rare is still twenty six dollars MSRP. Now the problem that that creates is that everything, every time it's released, it's on allocation. It's bought up faster than they can possibly put out. And, and they're laying down more bourbon than any other distillery right now in Kentucky. They're putting down, honestly, I, I thought I remember Harlan Wheatley saying 1,000 barrels a day. But that seems too ridiculous. But 1,000 barrels a week is just as ridiculous. Yeah. They're laying down product faster than anyone else but refuse to raise the price and are not pumping you full of marketing fluff. And still selling it out. And like still selling like it out like crazy. So it's it's um, I forgot the whole point of this whole rant, but um, <laughs> I, I think well, we're talking about the future, and we're talking about um, pri- you know, how how brands are are you're saying in 2019 you think it's going to be the end of the I I think that and going people, back to peerless people overcharging for I think uh, peerless is fantastic yeah sixty dollar two year old rye and that's still high but that's still it's still fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of brands out there that are really, really good, but just have the wrong mentality. I think they're a little bit jaded. It's like retailers mm-hmm. who who think that I'm going to charge secondary, and they charge a lot of times. They charge more than secondary for for Pappy because mm-hmm. they think it'll be bought. Pap- Pappy's a great example of that. Some people may buy it, but I think you're doing more damage to your business, and that's the whole idea. All I right. think you're doing more damage to your business long term. All right, so let's. Go ahead. So bottled and bond. Oh, okay. So your question all on a bond. I think you'll see it more often. Heaven Hill learned. I'm, I'm seeing it more as an ad slogan almost. Yeah. Well, you it know. definitely is. I mean, bottle and bond is uh, actually a sweet spot for bourbon, even if it wasn't called that. You're talking about a bump in proof, up to 100 proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it's usually still pretty freaking cheap. Yeah. Uh, and it's at least four years old. So to hit a six-year-old bourbon, and um, for those who don't know what bottled and bond means, that means that is a whiskey that's made in a single season mm-hmm. from a single sure. distillery. Um, it's at least four years old. It's at least right. hundred. Oh, it has to be exactly hundred proof, and it has to be in a bonded U.S. government warehouse. The, the the trick with that is, literally every warehouse in Kentucky is bonded. So really, any. Anybody could release a bottle and bond in Kentucky, and it be—I mean, even Texas. I'm surprised. You know, I don't think there. But are you any. can't source it and and call it bonded. Correct. So you yeah. you at least right. get that part of it knocked out, right? So mm-hmm. you knock out that whole. Yeah, and Heaven Hill's capitalized on it. I think Heaven Hill has four or five different bottled and bond releases, mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. a corn whiskey. The one they that had at the stellar. The one they had at the uh, whiskey sniff was. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Shout amazing. out to Carrie. She's yes. awesome. Shout yeah. out. So good. Uh, okay, so I, I want to make this, I think, the final question. Okay. Um, we talked about whiskeys, bourbons, that are overpriced. People who are taking advantage of the consumer is the kind of the way we, uh, the way we uh, talked about it. Is there, in your opinion... Because you've got one of the best whiskey palettes of anyone that I know. No, seriously, of anybody that I know. So you, you know maybe, three people. Maybe I don't know that many people, <laughs> but but you got one of the best. Is, I appreciate that. Is there a 
$500 a bottle whiskey um, that you would say is actually worth the money. So so l- let's put it another way. I'm your friend. I'm like, dude, I got 500 bucks. I'm going to go buy the best whiskey I can buy for $500. Are you going to point me to something or are you going to stop me? I'm going to point you to two things. There are only two things, in my opinion, that would merit $500 expense on a bottle. Okay. And that is vintage or age. Okay? So if you have a uh, 40-year-old or 30-year-old single malt, or in many cases, I know a few places you can get some like 25, 30-year-old single malt. I don't know that I'd spend 500 bucks on 25, so it would be at least 30 years old. Okay. 30 years old or a vintage whiskey, stuff that's no longer produced. That's like, For yeah. instance, I'll give you an example. Perfect example is wild turkey cheesy gold foil. So in the late 80s, early, early 90s, wild turkey released some bourbon with a really god-awful, tacky, 70s-looking <laughs> gold label. Wild Turkey's known for this. Yeah. And I have bought uh, several bottles at $500 plus a piece of this old classic bourbon from a bygone era. Back then, they were using cypress fermenters. They were using uh, the different distillation process. They were, they were using old growth oak. So mm-hmm. typically, uh, what happens now is we're using all new growth oak, stuff right. that's harvested specifically for barrels. Old growth had a much tighter ring pattern. The oak interaction seemed just to seem a bit different. So there's a lot of old vintage whiskeys from Prohibition, from the 50s, from the 70s. I would pay the 500 bucks for. But anything released now that doesn't have a ridiculously old age statement that would that would mathematically make sense to merit that kind of price? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Negative. I have to tell you. I and my family have a little soft spot for wild turkey because for many years, when uh, Christmas comes around, Christmas Eve was the time where the guys would go out to the garage and hang out and we'd smoke cigars or pipes or cigarettes all evening, Christmas Eve, and drink wild turkey the entire night. <laughs> Therefore, making us it's specifically wild turkey. Not it was just always turkey. wild turkey. Yeah. It was, Wade to this day. I he, don't even know why it was always wild turkey, <laughs> but it was always wild turkey. That's another brand that's got that stereotype attached to it, <laughs> right? Uh, but Wild Turkey One Hundred One is still one of the best bargains in bourbon out there for for twenty dollars. Oftentimes less, nineteen, eighteen bucks for a hundred and one proof, a bump in proof mm-hmm. of great. Classic bourbon. And, and Classic Wade, bourbon. Wade commented here, old Rip Van Winkle 15 107 squat bottle, I'd pay 500 bucks for it. Now, that's, again, that's actually an age-stated bottle, but mm-hmm. it's no longer produced. It's old, and it's fantastic. I'd pay the 500 bucks for I'm not paying 500 bucks for anything new without some crazy for the whistle bit. No. And it's yeah. great. It really it is, is great. 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 Yeah. Yep. And, and, and listen, that interview I had with Dave Pickerell, Made such an impact on my life. Oh, he's an, he was he an amazing was man. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really enjoyed man. it. Well, as we close out the show, let's uh, let's do a toast to Dave. Even though we've done this before on the show, he he really was a pioneer. He was a 
a man who had, I think, an amazing palate. Love him or hate him? He, uh, yeah, uh, and and I love him. I'll sure, agreed. And by the way, we thought the Metallica Blackened was pretty good. I want to try it. I haven't tried it yet. We we were pretty. We, we were should pretty ask impressed. Keegan if he still has it up here. <laughs> yes, I think we should. <laughs> I, I'm I'm definitely hesitant, but I heard uh, when I heard Dave talk about I it, there was, it's he said s- some stuff that made me think that it wasn't going to be the typical write off for some celebrity yeah, bourbons. I I think that that's the case. I think that it might be one of the rare exceptions to that case. Uh, but in any case, we have had a, uh, a, a totally, you know, uh, this has been a totally overproof show as we've been oh, way over man. our normal time. Uh, but it's been so enjoyable. I love talking about all these uh, great cigars from 2018. I've loved talking about what 2019 holds for uh, for whiskey. And mostly, it's just, it's, Chris, it's always great to see you. Uh, uh, thank you so much. I have a, one last question before I, yes, I thank you again. But have you guys ever run over quite this often? This is like a two-hour show. Well, this is uh, so this our, is a little longer than our usual Our runover. shows have been averaging, like we say it's an hour show, but it's been averaging an hour and a half. That's great. Yeah, this is a little longer, so but, a little longer, but you've yeah. never run also this long with, with Alan, at least, also, right? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, now we get now we get to the origin of your question and the finger. Uh, uh, I love Alan. Alan. I love Alan. Alan, wherever you are, we cheers, love you, brother. Uh, we ch- salute you and uh, do cheers to you. Uh, so sorry, everyone, that we ran out of time for uh, the Yellow Rose uh, Bourbon. We'll have to get to that next uh, next. Also, next I'd like show. to point out to Alan that I don't have any um, inch ring masters in my humidor right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure he can rectify that. Good to know. And oddly enough, I I'll don't give have you an inch. I don't have any of those encores <laughs> in my uh, humidor. Not that you'll be able to get any of those in the next year. They're back ordered like crazy. Have Good a, luck with that. Have a wonderful week. Welcome to 2019, my friends. We got a lot of cool stuff in store for the brand new year. Thanks to uh, Chris Hart and uh, oh, you know, we never really went into. Uh, let's do this before we Chris close, Hart, okay? master of the pod crash. Yes, uh, but we never really went into uh, the uh, the whiskey social. Oh, you know that's uh, it's really important. We should talk about yes, that real quick. Yes. We'll make it fast. Okay. Um, the whiskey while he, social while he pours the uh, the rum. rum. Ladies and gentlemen, you, and a little more for me, please. What, do you have rum in there? Rum, or yes. Is that whiskey? Okay. That's yeah, rum. So the Houston Whiskey Social, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> is March 30th. Uh, it is a massive, it's officially Texas' largest whiskey event. And and I haven't I haven't had any place to actually say this because I don't want it to come off as petty. But you now you can say it here. I, I'm going to say it here. I feel safe. It's a safe space. So <laughs> Houston, over the past couple of years, has about six official events, whiskey events. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know for sure that the Houston Whiskey Festival has finally gone away. Um, that festival had a lot of issues. I support all events if they're worth your time. Yep, I, um, I know you like that. Yeah, which is awesome. The the Texas monthly event has has gone away. Um, we so we've lo- we've narrowed it down to about three great events here in Houston. Uh, the Whiskey Extravaganza is not coming back this year. Um, so it, it's really down to Whiskeys of the World and myself, and I've always been a big supporter of them. Um, the Whiskey Social itself will be uh, March 30th, 400-plus whiskeys. We're going to have that – we're bringing that rum back for one more year. Oh, baby. But then it, and then it's gone. To, when it's gone, we're working on a few uh, extra bottles of Pappy and BTAC to kind of share around, surprise guests with, which was always fun last year. Just kind of so pouring yes. it out, you know. Um, the event is actually already half sold, so we are expecting. Uh, we sell out every year, and last year we sold out. I think the week before the event. Are you doing it at the same venue as last year? Because that place was 
awesome except for the heat so we moved it yeah. to march to get out of the heat mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the event will st- will be at the same venue this year that place was great yeah i think this will be the last year that we do it at that venue because um we've outgrown it already You're gonna grow outgrow yeah it. so so uh we're looking at them i'm gonna try to convince the marriott marquee downtown out of their liquor license we'll see it's how that goes place. It's great place. but uh, well you guys like last year at this place it, it was called the uh the citadel the citadel and it's out off of uh, 288, correct? Yeah, so uh, it's off of 288, just south of NRG. Now, this place, when you pull up, it's you don't expect it. You pull up, and you've got this great-looking event hall. It looks like a castle. It does. It looks it like does, a castle. Yeah. And we're going to pull up. And, uh, and, and the nicest thing about it is you've got this, uh, like last year, you had this great foyer where you come in and you uh, get your your band wristbands and all that stuff and that was absolutely fantastic and then you go into the big room but you also had some had trouble locating my name on that list yes yes there's a video about that yeah Yeah. i saw that i'm sorry i tried to black buy you were on a different list we we didn't want you to come in you were on a list so uh anyway and then you went into the main room and you had this great you had what uh one two three rows set up Mm -hmm. uh where you could zigzag back and forth and you had a separate room off to one side, and then you had some event rooms going on where you're doing, uh, doing some different um, tastings and things sure, like that. It was sure. fantastic, absolutely fantastic. But one of the coolest things too is when you, like, I don't know about you, when I'm in a when I'm in a crowded space, and it's so great that this space is crowded because it's so much fun. Everyone's so friendly. Everyone's just wanting to taste whiskey and have a good time. But sometimes your ears need a break. You go outside. You go out the front to smoke your cigar, and there's this haven. This great, you had the tent set up and everything. So, so this year we actually we're expanding the the <coughs> the tent. We're doubling the size, and we're doing something with. Uh, and you may cut, you may, uh, you may give me some hard time here. Mm-hmm. I implore you to to listen to an upcoming episode for explanation. But we're doing something with Heaven's Door and Bob Dylan's whiskey. You know, we tried the Bob Dylan whiskey here on the show. Yeah, so the Tennessee's, Tennessee's not bad. bad. We yeah. thought it wasn't bad. That's what we had, the Tennessee whiskey. So we're doing something with them and potentially a car company. We're going to ex- we're gonna double the size of the cigar tent, and we're having I someone... I was worried. I thought you were telling me you were going to do a Nat Sherman event. So. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're doubling the size of the tent. We're doing our own cigar with Stogies, and we're also working on having a blacksmith come out and actually handcraft uh, cigar spikes. So you know when you're trying to smoke the nub, you know, uh-huh. to the to the very end, but yep. you can't hold it anymore. Um, so we're we're working on doing so much, and then we're of course we moved out of the heat, no more sweating. And uh, this event, by the way, is not for the many. This is event for the few. Event for the few. For the and real. thank God for that, by yes. the way. And do not get me started because we were already like an hour over time. But we we gave enough room this event to allow up to twenty percent more people. But we are <coughs> capping it at that, and we're already well thirty percent ahead of schedule. So let, let me just say this: this is not something new. This is something we have said on the show before and numerous times uh out of all of the tasting events that we've been to this is far and away our favorite and mm-hmm. not not just because we're friends with you but this this is just the event that does it right and so that's hats off to you for making sure this has the right vibe to it the you know? last whiskey event i went to which was just a few months back mm-hmm. 
and it was held over off of um, kind of the Silver Washington Street. Street. Yeah, Silver Street. You're talking about it, Whiskey's it, of the World. Yes. Well, I didn't want to say it, but it was so hacked together. It was so slapped together. It was so... Like, you walked in, and even the people that were there were like, mm, we're part of something we don't really want to be part of. Well, let, like. me, let me just mention this. When No comment. When you go and talk about having some whiskey or some rum or a cigar, what you're talking about is an exercise in what is supposed to be a beautiful, wondrous, chilled-out moment. Right? Sure. So when you, when you go to an event that has that feel and that vibe to it, that's the kind of whiskey event or whatever, rum yeah. event or, or cigar event, whatever, that I want to go to. You know what I want? I don't want to go to something that's going to make me feel anxious and, oh, I got to get my samples. I got to. I want to go to something where I can walk in and just enjoy making the rounds, sampling the whiskeys. Yeah, and that's what I love the most about this, about about this event is it has that vibe and feel to it. So, I encourage people from out of state to come and try this. It's worth a trip to Texas for this. It's pretty amazing. amazing. We we had a few people actually flying from uh, the northwest and from uh, Anchorage from Alaska. Nice, uh, Ben and Becky Songer. Uh, they made a huge impact. They're fantastic people. Uh, it's just it's just a good event to come and drink and try new stuff and learn about spirits and and we we I tried to kind of I'd much rather my favorite events are the kind that I can take my wife to yes so I I'd, I'd rather a, a husband and wife come with another couple versus a guy and a and, a, and his best friend right so we we incorporate a couple of wines mm-hmm. last year we had one wine maker one tequila maker. Mm-hmm. One gin maker, but the rest of the event was heavily focused in whiskey. So um, that way, uh, Randy Svetlik is an is a admin of HPS. He, he brought his wife, and, and she got to enjoy other stuff. If she's not into whiskey in the moment, she right. could try other stuff. But uh, it, it's, a, it's a great time. So when in March is the event? Uh, March 30th. It's a Saturday. It's at the Citadel in Houston. You can find your tickets at HoustonWhiskeySocial.com. You can also find the tickets on – look up Houston Whiskey Social on Facebook <coughs> yeah. and on Eventbrite. You can find the tickets there. They're, they're fairly cheap, and it's basically you pay one flat rate. You come in, and you try – Whatever you can legally handle. Everything. Legally you can handle. Yes, that's right. And there's more than you can handle. Chris, uh, as always, it is a pleasure Thanks, to have guys. you on the show. Appreciate it. Doesn't One matter, last cheers. Doesn't matter how late we run. We seem to run out of time for the Yellow Rose uh, uh, bourbon, so we'll get to that another time. And thank you, my friends. Have a wonderful, wonderful January and 2019. Cheers. Cheers. Eat it, Alan. <laughs> That was a great episode. Long, we're all hammered by the end of it. Yeah. I'm feeling warm. I need a hug and a cigar. <laughs> cigar sounds so good. Yeah, right didn't now. it though? Uh.